Oh, my dog. Welcome Zay. to Chip and Zay. Just as you heard, no Chip Brown today. He is off in Tampa with his lovely wife, Eleanor, and join hopefully a good game for him and his Lions taking on right. Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll definitely get to that. But join with me, my dog. My man, I remember producing this show for the first time almost four years ago back at the old place on Saturdays, and he's always been kind to me and just been a great guy in this business, and to work with him today is going to be a pleasure. They call him Double R, but some of y'all call him Rodney Rodriguez. Double R, what's good, man? Been a minute, Zay. How about this, dude? I mean, here we are doing this stuff right here. Unfiltered. I, I think that's a really cool part about this is, man, this is, um, you know, when, when all of this was coming together and I got to be a part of this, man, this is a homegrown team right here, dude. This is, uh, this is a bunch of sports dudes, a bunch of badasses, man. And, and, and the followers, man, it, it, it's all of the people they come over with us and, and, we're just having fun doing this, man. And it just keeps getting better every damn day, it seems like. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Double R. You know, that's the biggest part for me when I jumped on the team and BK wanted me to, you know, and me and Chip to go hard like we've been going. It's because of who we have here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, from Trey Allen, Bucky Gobble, yourself, Adam Wagner, who you share a show with, Chaos Theory, from 10 to 11, which is terrific, Mike Harge, I mean, you know, just mentioned Brad, like, the crew is ridiculous, Kevin Dunn, it's just, it doesn't get much better, and if you want great yep. Texas sports talk and great sports talk, you nailed it on the head, just sports guys talking as raw and just giving you everything you need to be satisfied during the day and yeah we got you from one to three today so yeah can't wait very excited about today's show we're gonna hit a lot of different topics today definitely gonna talk about uh those houston astros i know ronnie you're excited and you know they're far past the trash can deal they're far past the cheaters that is past my man everything that is done, dude. That, yeah, that that's is, fun. Like they're that over is all gone, man. Let, let, guys that were a part of that yeah. team ain't around no more. So I, I'm not even that type of hater because you know me. I like to hate. I will admit, I like to hate, and I can't even hate on what they got going on. The fact that they're in the ALCS right now, about to take on the Texas Rangers in that Lone Star showdown, which is going to be amazing. Like, man, shout out to Dusty Baker, my guy with the toothpick. Old school, looks like my great uncle, like or my grandpa's brother or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And him and Bochi, it's like it's like yeah. the old black dude and the old white dude. <laughs> it's like the Civil War. Here we go. <laughs> yo, yo, the bell, that's my shit. I love when you be rocking that bell during your wag show on Chaos Theory. Y'all be having me rolling. That's great stuff there. So looking forward to hearing that bell multiple times today. But yeah, man, they're just a couple of old heads that been around for a long, long, long time. And hey, still got a lot of life in them. And, yeah. Yep. You know, both of those guys, they're going to have to do a lot of chess playing because this series, even though the Astros, what, won at 9-4 during the regular season yep. and they've had their number and ended up winning the AL West, those Rangers, those five straight wins going into Tampa Bay and then also, you know, dealing with um, 
uh, gosh, Oreos. Well, well, they did to them. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, the, the whole thing is they. I mean, they're both coming in like I was talking about today. I mean, they're both coming in steaming at the right time. I mean, it's when you catch fire. And 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 I, I don't want to ask you this. I mean, I know we have everything that that we're going to talk about today, but this is what I love about when when you talk about sports because you you are a coach's son. And talking about Bochi and talking about you know Dusty and these guys right here, man. When 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 you're a coach's son, you are programmed differently, and and it really seems to me where both of these teams and all four of these teams in in the uh, in the championship series, man, they're hitting the stride at the right time, and they're coached up the right way. They're coached yeah. up the right way, and that's where those coaches, those managers, skippers, whatever you want to call them, football. I don't give a damn what the sport is, man. When you have that man on the bench or that dude that that you know in the sweater, whatever the hell he's wearing, that that right there is what makes a team great is the leader, and and you know it as well as anybody because your dad did it for so long there at Bowie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And both of these skippers, they're gonna have their hands full when it comes to making decisions, when to pull guys, when to leave them yep. out there. You know, just different strategies in this game. You got on one side Jordan Alvarez, who looks like Reggie freaking Jackson, Mister October right now, and what he's doing. That dude is just absolutely raking. And then on the other side, you got guys like Corey Seager, who doesn't seem to strike out. It's it's gonna be some big time baseball. We're definitely gonna going to get to it, but yeah, going to talk a little NFL, weekend slay, a little college football, obviously, but this is Texas Sports Unfiltered for a reason. We got to talk about those Longhorns who are back in the driver's seat, baby. They're back in the driver's seat. Everything's looking good. We've been talking a lot this week about West Virginia. Can West Virginia <laughs> muck up the University of Texas plans to get to a Big 12 championship and get to maybe a college football playoff? Well, we saw last night, thanks to Dana Hogerson and the Houston Cougars, it ain't over until the fat lady's singing. And that last 12 seconds, Ronnie, I ain't going front. She was warming up. She oh, was doing man. the do, re, mi, la, so, la, li, do. She was doing all those, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, anything to warm up those vocals because it was basically over. And Donovan Smith, going 15 straight completions for a 16th, the hell Mary to Stefan Johnson. And he was at the right place at the right time. And, you know, that's, that's college football, baby. You just never know. And I kind of feel bad for those Mountaineers, man, because Garrett Green, the quarterback, he was the one that got penalized. When they got the unsportsmanlike conduct, Garrett Green, yep. Taking his helmet off, he looking in the crowd like, "Oh man, f y'all, screw y'all, y'all ain't shit. Look at us, we out here, we came back, we we are rolling. What y'all gonna do? Y'all got twelve seconds. We about to go back to Morgantown, living large." And the ref said, "Yo, buddy, you ain't Emmett Smith. Put that helmet back on, cause that ain't Dude. what it is." Sorry, I know you're hyped, and again, twelve seconds left. You can't lose that game if you're Neil Brown. I don't Dude. care if they threw a penalty or not. That can't happen. And Houston, shout out to them being 0-2 in the Big 12. Those guys still had life. And wearing the black jerseys, Stephon Johnson, he's going to remember that play for the rest of his life. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be an NFL prospect. Hell, I don't even know if he's going to be able to go to Canada. But 
What I do know, that's the play that you show your kids. Oh, I wasn't shit back in the day, son. Check this out. Look at this. I was winning games for my team. And yeah, now you got the horns back in the driver's seat. They were, yep. you know, sitting that third over for West Virginia and Oklahoma. Oklahoma still sitting that first, but now both of those teams, the Horns and the Mountaineers, have one loss. And you kind of had to expect that was going to happen for West Virginia. As good as they've been playing, four-game winning streak, only loss came to James Franklin's Penn State team, who's really good, who's going to have their own fight for the Big Ten title, even though Michigan seems like they're probably going to run away with it. But yeah, Neil Brown's squad, they've been playing some good football as of late. And Eric Green, he does a little bit, you know, of it all with his legs and his arm. But the Horns opponent next week, U of H, Donovan Smith, they got some <laughs> players too. And Donovan Smith, yeah. the guy that's hurt the Horns before last year, yeah. going back to that Texas Tech game where he was playing for Joey McGuire and six for eight on fourth down conversions, using his arm and his legs. So he did some really good things in this game. I mentioned already, I mean, 16 straight completions. I don't think he had an incompletion in the second half, Rodney, which nope. is really impressive. I don't care who you are or your background, whatever luggage that you're bringing in, that's impressive. From Pop Warner to the NFL, that's impressive. And yeah, just they almost blew it. Dana Hogerson, those guys, they almost blew it, but they found a way to win. And now that kind of changes the landscape of the Big 12 and gives the Longhorns a better path of making it to Jerry World. Yeah, it does. I mean, it kind of puts it all back in perspective right there, just with every, you know, with West Virginia, you know, I saw two, three losses, whatever was going to happen right there. But man, I got to tell you, dude, Zay, I was so impressed with Houston. So, so when West Virginia scores, I mean, there's not a lot of time right there. Houston gets a ball. You're talking about that quarterback. And th that is the one thing. I mean, that, that that's a, that's a freaking accomplished quarterback right there. I mean, there's no question about that. You talked about the success uh, against the Longhorns in the past, but man, he comes out and he throws that little slant pattern over to the to the left side, and I'm like, hmm, what what's this? And the dude steps out of bounds, and they they were they were it was a great play call because they're putting this in in the hands of where that quarterback is going to be great, where he's going to be able to throw that deep ball into the fucking end zone for for the hail mary, and that's exactly what what he did. And 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 I heard BK talking about it this morning. I talked earlier today where that they they have practiced that play. Because the other dude goes down there and does what he needs to do, and that's where you 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 sell out on every play, and that's exactly what Houston did at the end of that ball game, and they come away and they win this thing, and yeah, it yeah I see that right there. It was luck, yeah, it's luck. Well, that's really fucking good luck, and a lot of times, a lot of times, it it is not good luck on that play right there. But it worked out for Houston, and, and look at them. And, and it was so funny, the announcers, I, I think there's a soundbite somewhere to where the play-by-play the -play guy, and I've been in that seat, where it's like, Houston just won their first Big 12 game. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I loved it, man. What, what an ending uh, in a game that I did not think would end in that fashion on a Thursday night in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah, because there was a lot going on, and I was checking in on it. I was watching Kansas City and mm -hmm. checking in on that game and watching the playoff game with the Phillies last night. But you knew a lot of Longhorn fans would be watching that game because you're right, I'm with you. 
we just have a feeling that West Virginia, especially with Neil Brown's track record, they got two or three losses in them. But yeah. you never know with college football. I know in Sonny Dyke's first year at TCU last season, ain't nobody in their mama picked them to go to the national championship game. A lot of people have them ranked like, what, seventh? In the Big yep. 12 in preseason 2022. Yep. So, yeah, SD, that definitely was luck. But you need luck to win championships and to win certain games. And Houston, man, especially Dana Hogerson with the hot seat he's on, like his ass is like lava right now. It couldn't be hotter because, you know, and then if I said yesterday with Chip, if I'm Dana, give me one more year. Let Texas and OU yeah. Go to the SEC, and we know Colorado's coming in, but let's let's give me one more year to see what I could do with this new Big 12 in 2024, and I don't think they're going to give him the luxury of that. But, hey, they stand alive, and those wide receivers, they fought for it. I heard Brad Kellner talking about it with Bucky Gobble this morning about Texas guys sometimes not fighting for, you know, those – yeah. Crazy, just very yeah. rare plays like a Hail Mary. And we've seen it with Aaron Rodgers over the years. I heard Bucky talk about Doug Flutie and him being on the sideline when they played against, uh, I want to say it was Miami. Doug Flutie. Yeah. That's yeah, one the, the, one the failing play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. The probably one of the greatest Hail Mary plays in college football history. You probably got to count that and the one with Colorado and Cordell Stewart. But yeah, yeah you just never know. Again, if the fat lady ain't singing yet until it's zero zero and that's completely end of regulation. But until then, you gotta play every snap, man. And yeah, I'm the Texas Longhorns, they should have all the motivation, especially with the Danny Stutzman bullshit that I know you saw, the NIL deal. Oh, Oklahoma fuse God, Texas fuse Oklahoma. Okay, cool. All right, we talked about that yesterday. Xavier Wordy put it out on his Instagram about the receipts, about, oh, these mother think that they won the natty. Okay, yeah. we'll remember that. Well, West Virginia made it a whole lot easier for Texas. Now they still got to handle right. their business, and we're going to talk about the position groups for Texas right mm -hmm. now, give each position uh, different grades halfway through the season. I know we talked a little bit about that yesterday, Chip and I, about you know who's the MVP on offense and defense and special teams, et cetera. But we're going to break down the position group specifically and give them grades. And even for quarterback, like that goes – Beyond sure. viewers, Arch Manning and um, Malik Murphy. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, definitely looking forward to that. But, yeah, man, that's college football. And I know Neil Brown, he's kicking himself in the butt for letting that one happen, especially being down uh, 34 to 25. And yeah. then back and getting that stop. Like they got the two point conversion. It was 34 32. You get the two point conversion and you're feeling good about yourself, man. Like yeah. 12 seconds left. Like, oh man, we're good. We already came back within five minutes. So, hey, your quarterback again, taking this helmet off, talking shit to the crowd, bit him in the ass. Like Garrett Green was hurt. That the way that he looked, Rodney, after the game, he was doing the old Papa squat. With the like oh, hands no, under the chin, yeah, like he, he looked like he just lost his puppy on some John Wick. Yeah. He looked like yeah. he just lost his puppy, and it's like, bruh, you gotta be smarter than that. Even though I don't like unsportsmanlike 
calls. I let those guys celebrate as long as you're not getting in the face of your opponent or slapping them or doing something ridiculous where it might start a brawl, then I'm good. Let those guys have some fun. Like it's football. Yeah. Well, and and that's where I go back to like what I was talking about with you, my man, uh, you know, being a coach's son. I mean, you were taught better than that. I mean, you were taught, you don't, you don't act like a fool. I mean, you don't come out and do that stupid shit. I mean, I know that you can get caught up in the moment. I mean, everybody does. I mean, if you've been an athlete, if you've played, I don't give a damn what sport it is. You, you have done something that's kind of asinine is the best way to put it. But man, you do it in the wrong moment like that. And I mean, this whole thing with the shirt, it was Stutzman. I mean, come on, dude. And I and I was one of the I was one of the biggest ones that wasn't the biggest fan of people smoking cigars and doing shit after the Alabama game because because when you look at it big picture, you go back and look at it and it's like, well, shit, Oklahoma beat you, so so you know whatever. So you've lost. So so we've lost. Texas has lost a little bit of that um, uh, moxie, I guess, if you want to call it that. You know, from that Alabama win. But like you said, the. With everything that happened last night, everything is right back in front of you once again. All you got to do, all you got to do right now is go out there and take care of your business. And that's where, and I heard after, and, and we can dig deeper into this, Zay, but, you know, I, I, I kept hearing after the game last week where people said, Here, here's your mulligan. To me, the Oklahoma game is not a mulligan. To me, that's a legitimate loss. That's a really damn good football team. As we go digging into the schedule and we start playing the rest of, the big 12 um not playing west virginia but i mean it starts playing houston that's your mulligans right there because that's the ones where you can go stub your toe and miss that you miss that drive off of the tee shot that's going to get you down the road because now it's right back in front of you again i mean go back get your fucking rival in in arlington and take care of this i mean it's pretty simple if you look at it at this point to me for texas yeah, if you're Texas, then I know it's Oklahoma and it's a big game, but that loss was still embarrassing. And you lose by four against your rival team. I know a lot of Texas people and Texas fans were like, what? What do you mean embarrassing? With everything that you had in front of you, yeah. Texas – as good as Oklahoma played, I've been given Jeff Levy, offensive coordinator for the Sooners, and Brent Venables, the head coach. I've been given their love all week. They deserve their flowers. They outcoach Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas coaching staff 100%. But I could also say that Texas beat themselves too. From yeah. Quinn Ewers, yeah. turnovers, all three of them, Jaron Thompson, illegally going after Dylan Gabriel when he's trying to slide or Jaron Thompson missing that tackle or just the terrible defense on the last drive or the four straight plays on the one yard line where you get stopped. You can just keep going through them. Like there's yeah. so many different moments yeah. of that game where you're like, damn horns, like y'all really beat yourself this game. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if they took OU too lightly because of 49 zero or because of what we saw with Oklahoma in their first five games, like Cincinnati, dang shit. Iowa state, dang shit. So I was thinking the same thing. Like we, that's all we talked about last week, Rodney, about in the trenches, this Texas team should dominate Oklahoma defensive line. Tarandre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Ethan Burt, Justice Finkley, you know, Baron Sorrell, they should dominate these guys. And didn't happen. No. It didn't happen no. one bit. Oklahoma, they were the dominant team. Dylan Gabriel, over 113 yards or so on the ground. 
even though they stopped the running backs, they still allowed way too much yardage rushing. And that came from the QB for Oklahoma. And then on the other side, I thought that the offensive line for Texas would be better, but you saw, and a lot of it goes to having the third string center coming in the game and Connor Robinson and just that kind of mucking up a lot of things. Plus you're hearing that Hayden Connor hasn't been hundred percent healthy and Kelvin Banks hasn't been hundred percent healthy, but those are just excuses. Like on that Oklahoma side, there's a lot of guys banged up too. So that's, Those are still excuses. If you're on the field like JT Sanders was, which yep. I don't think he should have played, I'm going to be saying that for the rest of my life. Well, oh, Zay, well, what do you think about 2023 OU game? Remember shootout? Uh, JT Sanders shouldn't have played. I'll be 65 years old saying that shit, Rodney. Like, that was, that's ridiculous, Sark, and whatever. So the offensive no. line, they allowing five sacks to Quinn Ewers, that's not good either. So, yeah, man, they – you needed to be woken up and yeah. you got that wake up call. OU beat you. And now they're talking shit about it with all That's- this NIL stuff. They're benefiting off of your loss, off of your expense. They're out here just going crazy and feeling like yeah. they're on top of the world. And that should light a fire under your ass. And we'd be doing the same shit. I mean, we'd be doing the same thing. But, but, and you and I haven't gotten to talk about this game. So I'm glad we have this platform and we can talk about, you know, positions and all that stuff right there. But I'm glad that you're talking about that right there with, with that Oklahoma game. To me, the, the biggest things to me was uh, like you're talking about right there Oklahoma beat Texas and everything that Texas had done exceptionally well, controlling the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, they, they dominated. They dominated. I mean, there there were parts right there where Texas looked like, uh, you know, the tide's about to turn. I mean, maybe this thing is going to shift. The block punt in the first quarter, I'm like, oh, hell, we got them now. We yeah. got them now. No, not, not quite. Not quite. We got out coached. We got out coached. And, and the worst part about this, especially talking to you, is, dude, this team came in flat, flat as a two by four. And that's the whole thing to me where I cannot understand. Even here we are almost a week after that ball game and you lose by four, you lose to Oklahoma, you lose to your rival. They've got all the momentum. People are talking about, well, Oklahoma really is a lot better than we thought they were. I mean, how how do you go into this ball game, into that environment, into the Red River shootout? I'm sorry, I don't say rivalry. You go into that game and dude, you, you look like you're not mentally prepared for what you're about to jump into. And that's the most disappointing part to me because I'd been talking about how this team had become a second-half team. They're able to finish off games, all the shit they hadn't been able to do before. Well, we ain't got that problem before. Well, damn, man. They um, they came in, and they looked like they were sleepwalking when this thing started. Yeah, and, you know, it could be the 11 a.m. kickoff. This was the first one of the season. So, you know, it, it's a different schedule. But, again, those are just excuses. Oklahoma had to wake up early, too. You know what I'm saying? Like they have to wake up early too. And I think they've had a couple of 11 a.m. early morning games to be more used to it. But still, like that's excuses are weak. They buckle up their chin straps the same. They put their pads on the same way as you do. They get their legs and ankle taped up just like you. So, hey, it's a man's game. And that team, they were the better men on Saturday. So, you know, you make a great point, Rodney. I think – with all of us, those first five games that we saw, when you go to yeah. Tuscaloosa, Brian Denny Stadium at night, 
and beat a Nick Saban team. Say what you want about Jalen Milrow. I know Tommy Reese coming from Notre Dame. That offense doesn't look like what we've seen in recent years where they have like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, crazy ass, and all the rest of those studs. But that defense is one of the top defenses in the nation. And that offense still has five stars all around. So they're still capable. And I thought, you know, even though Oklahoma, I mean, excuse me, even though Texas A&M has their backup quarterback now with Matt Johnson, that's still a good win going down the college station at Cobb Field, a hostile environment, a place where Alabama usually struggles and to squeak out that win with all the stuff that they have going on with Jalen Milrow. So you beat them, you absolutely destroy a Kansas team that had a lot of promise and momentum coming in. Wyoming looks like they're going to win the Mountain West. Yeah. You squeak by them in a way, even though it looks 31 to 10 was the score. You were tied 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. So if you're the coaching staff, you could get a little bit of arrogance into thinking this team is better than what they are. And you kind of saw that with the play calling, especially on that you know, one of the last few drives in the second half where they got stopped on the one yard line, three straight runs, that toss that they had on the second down. And then they tried to throw it to Xavier Wordy to get in and he almost got his head taken off. I don't know how that's legal. You go under his helmet, grabbing the face mask and stuff. I get it. It's a rival game, but shit, we still got flags. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, And I didn't even mention, you know, the self-inflicted wounds about the nine turnovers or excuse me, the nine, um, penalties that the horns had but yeah we kind of got on the high horse of just thinking that oh this texas team they're just too good pound for pound to be stopped and if your coaching staff's thinking like that and that's how you call plays and you're not being creative or you know you're not as motivating as you should be maybe in your speeches or letting these guys know hey we still got to bring it. This is still OU. This is still that game where anything can happen. Oh, you could be the worst team in the world and they'll put up a fight just because this is that game. And plus those guys were rabid animals coming off of 49-0, you yeah. know, and going 6-7. And Brent yeah. Venables basically, you know, people in Norman trying to have him on the hot seat. So I, the wake-up call is huge. You know, you're, you're non-vincible. You're not, you know, you're not the 85 Bears. You're not the <laughs> 2000 Ravens. Like, you're not those teams yet. So until then, you got to keep working. And you got to have respect for everybody you play here on out, too. Even though these next six games, Texas are going to be heavily favored and they shouldn't have a loss, these teams are going to come after them just because yeah. they can't wait to rain on your parade especially with you going to the SEC. They don't know when's the next time they're going to see you again. So being just that face of college sports with Texas always being, you know, the main attraction and always getting this love and all these views and having sold out stadiums week in and week out, people want to take you down. That's just obvious. That's just what it is. You know, so – yeah. Anytime Texas comes to town or somebody comes to DKR, they're they're coming for you. It, I go back to the Wyoming thing. You know, people keep talking about the Wyoming game. That's a really good football team. I mean, if I want if I want to look more at, at whatever, I'll go to the Rice thing. To me, that's more of the disappointing one. But but here's 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 what I'm hoping, my man Zay, that that happens from this. Look at uh, I mean, t- t- let's take the two let's take the two big games 
to, to this point. Let's take the Alabama game and let's take the, uh, the, the Oklahoma game before the Alabama game. I don't think any, anybody was giving Texas a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of run to go into Tuscaloosa and win that, you know, Nick Saban. I mean, they're down a little bit, but that's all right. You know, yeah. they don't lose at home. None of that shit happens, whatever. You go in there, you punch them in the mouth, and you beat them. What have they done since Texas whipped their ass? They've come back. I, I mean, to me, like you were saying, that that win at, at, at Kyle Field is huge. Yeah. I mean, that, and again, we want them to keep winning. We want them to keep winning, yeah. and that's great yeah. to beat those opponents. But, I mean, the Oklahoma game, going into the Oklahoma game, it was kind of the opposite for Texas to where Texas was kind of the Alabama in that deal to where it's like, oh, you, man, they, they sucked last year. They were five and seven. You remember 49 to nothing? And and that's the whole other part where I, I think that goes into the mind right here, and they just weren't mentally prepared to go into this game. And, and that's where I talk about it all the time in sports, dude. I don't give a shit if it's high school, NFL, NHL. I mean, yeah, I even tell NASCAR drivers this, man. When you start listening to people tell you how good you are, that's your first mistake right there because you're going to stub your toe, you're going to kick yourself in the nuts, and you're going to get beat. And that's what happened. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully Texas does what Alabama do, did after the Texas game and starts rolling here because you, you can't stub your toe again. You've got a second chance right now. Thank you, Houston. You've got a second chance. You got to go take advantage of it. Yeah, that's one thing that I can look at both of my parents, not just my pops being the coach, but back during my playing days. I, they gave me love, but they're going to let me know what I did wrong, too, just to keep me humble. Just to keep me yep. locked in, be like, hey, man, great game. You had 23 points. You hit five threes tonight, but you missed the free throw earlier. What was that? We shoot like 100 free throws before after every workout. Why are you yep. missing free throws? And it's like, oh, you're right. I still have stuff to get better on. And like in the moment, especially when you're young, you think of it as, ah, man, pop's just hating. Mom's just hating. They don't want to see me shine and stuff. But now as a grown-ass man, I'm like, oh, I needed that. I needed that because I could have easily, like you said, got on my high horse. I'm the man. Again, when you're the man at University of Texas, like Vince Young, that dude, Vince Young Steakhouse, think about all the love VY gets here. Think about it. Think about all the love. You got Michael and uh, uh, Mike Griffin and Arakpo opening up cupcake shops here, and they're getting great business, having shows about it. The love that you get here when you succeed as a University of Texas football player, it could be dangerous, man. There's not too many Colt McCoys around where you could just bottle that up and keep on rolling and handling your business, you know? And I, yeah, Texas Longhorn team, that I'm not saying that they're doing this, but some of those guys have to be. And with what we saw this past Saturday, it felt like that, Rodney. It felt like, it oh man, Oklahoma, this means more to them than it does to Texas. And that should never happen in that game. That no. That's unacceptable. And going back to your Nick Saban point, man, like Sark always talks about that being his mentor, coming from Nick Saban, how he gave Sark a different chance or a second chance due to all the baggage that he had coming from Washington and Southern Cal. Nick Saban is feared. That dude Absolutely. is feared from not only the players, but the assistant coaches. 
Like, there's that fourth and goal mentality that they have going around uh, around in Tuscaloosa just because Nick Saban is so uptight and the pressure's just on because he expects greatness. He expects perfection. Even though that's unrealistic, that guy expects that. And even though he's had five-star players and stuff, those guys develop, man. And Jamison Williams, former Alabama player who was just a transfer from Ohio State, now yeah. plays for the Detroit Lions. If he could stop freaking gambling, maybe he could get out on that field. That dude, he said in a press conference recently or before the season, I want to say risk, uh, recently because he's not allowed at the facilities due to his gambling. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. <laughs> this fool said, yo, man, Nick Saban basically – killed us like practices in the nfl and what i had in college are crazy different crazy different practices at alabama were basically hell and i'm over here thinking like damn is that gonna hurt recruiting and i'm like no it's not because no. look where Jamison Williams is at. Look where Calvin Ridley's at. Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Quentin Williams, defensive line. There's so many NFL players that came from that school, and that's because yep. they won and they were taught the right way. So if you want to get to that point at Texas, which it was that from the 2000s, early 2000s era to when Colt McCoy played his last game. That's when it kind of yep. ended of just yep. all that NFL talent which yeah. translated into wins. And we're we're getting back to that point slowly but surely. But, yeah, man, that Oklahoma game, that just still six days later leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And, yeah, that West Virginia going down yesterday, okay, now it's really on. Now it's really yeah. on. You're, you're at number two. And, you know, Nobody wants to see Brett Yormark might be the only one that wants to see West Virginia in that game. He doesn't want to see Texas or OU play at Jerry World because that definitely looks bad for the Big 12, especially with all the other teams in the Big 12 struggling right now. Oklahoma State, even though they had that big win against Kansas State last Friday, they don't look too good. Again, Kansas State doesn't look too good losing to Oklahoma State, losing to Missouri, even though Missouri's a pretty solid team. They were supposed to be better under uh, – um, Chris Kleiman, and then yeah. you think about Tech and their struggles and just all around the Big 12, they don't stand up to the rest of the Power 5 conferences. It's just no. Texas and Oklahoma right now. So, yeah, yeah I, I think this team has enough leadership, and I like the wake-up call. I mean, I don't like it. I'd rather not have a wake-up call, but – I still think they control their own destiny, and I think they're still in a really good position to get to the Big 12 championship, and if they win that, get to a CFP. Well, and I'm here to tell you, I'll tell you, Zay, if you're going to lose a game, I mean, I thought the Alabama game, you know, early on, I thought that that may be a loss right there. Um, if you're going to lose a game, and, and I hate to say this, but, I mean, Oklahoma needs to keep, they need to keep doing what they're doing. I mean, because that that that's just style points, all of that shit. I mean, that that's what people are going to look like. Um, I wouldn't have thought that the loss was going to be to to Oklahoma, but the bottom line is, it's a two team league right now, and you just you got to take care of business at this point. I mean, don't 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 get out. I mean, don't don't and 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 the wake up call. I think that really is a big thing. I mean, you can't. Um, and I'm glad it happened against Oklahoma. I didn't want the wake up yeah. call to happen against you know Houston. You know, somebody like that, because in the long run, that's what's going to get you. I mean, I, I think the goal, you know, the the, the the playoff, all of that, 
all of that is still in line right there for you. But, man, going back to what you're talking about right there, man, with Saban, I mean, you look at the tree of coaches that this dude is, has put together behind him, and people can't beat his ass. I mean, every now and then you, you get people that beat him. I mean, Sark has done this. I mean, Jimbo, I guess, is, has been able to pull that shit off. But, man, there's always two dudes. It's Nick Saban and Mike Tomlin. That's two dudes. I don't want them pissed off at me. Because yeah. those are coaches that are going to put their foot in my ass, and those are just, <laughs> those are just old school ball coaches, man. And that's that's people are afraid of those people, like you're talking about, dude. I mean that that that's the guys, that's sports, that's sports yeah. with those dudes, and they still exist. Absolutely, dude. The Steelers might have one of the worst offenses in the league right now. They're leading the AFC North. They're leading it. They beat Baltimore last week. They're tied with Baltimore. I think Joe Burrow and those guys are going to figure it out once, you know, they start getting going. You can never count out the Bengals. But, yeah, they're leading, like, the North. Like, Mike Tomlin is still finding the way with T.J. Watt and those guys with how atrocious that offense is with Little Hands Pickett taking the snap. Dude, it's like every every time I see that dude on the sideline, and, and, hell, a lot of times they're winning. And they show that dude on the sideline, and I'm like, holy shit, if he were that pissed at me, <laughs> I'd like get out of the game. I'd like yeah. shrivel up, man. It'd be like, whoop, going yeah. back in. I, I don't want no part of that. That's ball coaches, man. That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah, and they love him. I haven't heard many bad things about Mike Tomlin. I know there was a point of time where him and Ben Roethlisberger weren't seeing eye to eye. But, you know, you go from Bill Coward to – you know, Mike Tomlin, if you're Big Ben and, you know, Coward, that dude's in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, Ben Ben, off, ben Roethlisberger also had his own ego, too. A little like, bit. A little bit. got to hear the stuff that he says now that he's retired and stuff. <laughs> like, he went out Kenny Pickett and shit. It's like, okay, Ben, like, dude. You're an all-time stealer. Why are you bagging on Kenny Pickett like this? Like, you're supposed to pick him up. Like, give him yeah. love. And he had to apologize because of it. But, yeah, it's – players love Mike Tomlin. And they love Saban, too. Like, they they love that guy. Seeing Bryce Young and Will Anderson talk about, you know, w- when he starts calling you by your name and not by your number, yeah. it's like a sign of trust. And they say that's the best feeling in the world. When he calls me like, oh, yo, Bryce, good throw right there. And he's like, what? He didn't call me six? He didn't call <laughs> me on my number? Like, he knows who I am. He respects me. He respects what I do. Like, all I'm trying to do is impress him. And that's what we want here at Texas, man. So, yeah, that's the horns. They're in a good position. Yeah, Shout out to Houston playing to the whistle. And yeah, we got a good slate of college and NFL this week to go along with MLB. So you're going to need your audio visual consultation setup. Shout out to Tom and the gang, man. They just do it right. This is the craziest sports time of the year. Every sport's going on. NHL, Tom will let you know that. NBA is coming back. I'm seeing certain stuff. People are hitting me up about my NBA thoughts, and I'm so locked into college football, but I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out, and you need all of that. You want that Brad Kellner for TV setup. You see what him and Wags got during their shows in the background, just beautiful setups that you'll get from AV consultations. Get your speakers right, the whole nine. If you want to watch that Sunday night football game along with the Texas showdown for the AL, LCS. Well, 
do it with Tom McKay and AV Consultations. Hit them up at 512-222-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. And Ronnie, you want to tell the people about Covert BK? Oh, man, got to talk about those great people right there since 1909, the Covert family, man. They have been serving Central Texans, uh, I mean, serving people, their kids, their grandkids. I mean, just so many people. 42 acres of Covert Bee Cave out there in the Hill Country, three state-of-the-art dealerships, seven different brands of those OEMs. You're going to find the Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chryslers, Dodds, Jeeps, and Rams. And if you're looking for the Ford and the Chevrolets, you can find them uh, out my way here on 79 out in Hutto. And then the Fords and the Lincolns, uh, old school, 183 here in Austin. And if uh, all that maintenance, I mean, don't, don't be trying to do that yourself. I mean, don't get in there, try to change oil. I was going to change a cabin filter on my car one day, dude. And I went in there and broke half the shit off trying to find that damn thing. Don't be messing with that stuff. Go to covert, man. They have 86 service bays. You're not going to be at the dealership all day. They're going to take care of you and get that taken care of minimal weight covertbcave.com. Check them out. And we'll be back out next Friday. I believe with, uh, even though it's a road game, but we'll have a, uh, we'll have some lunch out there. We'll have all of that going, probably have a lifetime longhorn out there and, uh, do all that. Once again, get yourself out to covert B cave, say hello to Dan covert and all the great folks out there. And, uh, man, great partners right here with us with Texas sports unfiltered Zay. I, I do want to ask you. So, so even, even with this, with, with the Oklahoma loss and we, we can go to the other stuff, but with the Oklahoma loss for Texas, I'm not hitting the panic button, dude. This no. is still a very solid football team. I mean, we can talk about positions and all that later on, but there's not, I mean, honestly, to me, special teams kind of worries me a little bit, but I mean, everything else, I, I think, uh, I think the burn orange is doing pretty good right now. Yeah, um, I wouldn't hit the panic button either for the loss. I am looking at that button, though. Like, yeah. I'm looking at it, but I just got my hands behind my back, and that's not necessarily because of this loss to Oklahoma. That's more because Right here. Of, yeah, there we go. There the we panic go. bell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, I think it's more because of the injuries that we're starting to see with this long mm -hmm. You know, everybody always talks about 2005, which they should. I mean, one of the greatest teams ever. And to beat that USC team the way they did, it wasn't just Vince Young. I know everybody remembers just Vince, but that team had buku amount of NFL players. And during that season, only one person missed a game, and that was Longhorn Network and guy that comes on our show from time to time, Brian Robinson. That's yep. it. He's the only one that missed time, and he missed – one game so i've been saying this a lot especially as of late you gotta have a lot of luck to win yeah. championships and that luck could come from what we saw last night with houston or just staying healthy i mean this football it's such a physical game how do you not get hurt on every play like when i see some of these hits i'm like oh man that dude ain't getting up and guys just bounce back up and it's like shit these guys it's ridiculous out here so to have Jalen Catalan go out last week in the Oklahoma game, that was tough because it was – you were praying that he wouldn't have any injuries. And it's a calf, so you don't know how bad it's going to be, but this bye couldn't have came soon enough. And then the one that probably hurt Texas the most, and that's Ryan Watts, who's dealing with a hamstring injury. That's the last thing you want to hear. 
hamstring because that thing can linger if he doesn't sit out long enough. And we're seeing in the NFL, like Cooper Cup, he was going to different countries or different states just to get treatment. Like, dog, you're in L.A. Y'all ain't got a good doctor in L.A. that can help. Like, that's how serious it could be. And then we're seeing it with Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, who's on IR now. So those hamstring injuries, they're nothing to muck with. And if – excuse me, something's in my eye, damn it – um, if Ryan Watts, if that's going to be an ongoing thing, that scares me a little bit because I yeah. do love the upside for Terrence Brooks, Malik Muhammad, the freshman, they've been solid. And we're going to go through the list right here and give grace to all the position groups in a bit, but they got their fair share of an ass whooping last week against OU at different times. Gavin Holmes also, he missed a big tackle on Farouk that led to a big time gain. So I'm not saying Ryan Watts is perfect out here, but he's definitely their best corner. And then we saw, you know, Jake Majors, he's going to be out for a while. That was huge, dude. High yeah. ankle sprain. Yeah. Mirable news. High yeah. ankle sprain. Sometimes you want that dude to break that thing. Instead of a high ankle sprain, that could linger, you know? And then you're just hearing that, you know, Hayden Connor wasn't 100% and Kelvin Banks isn't 100%. So they're dealing with some adversity when it comes to trying to be healthy. Hell, C.J. Baxter, we haven't seen him completely be, you know, what he's supposed to look freshman year because every time he gets tackled he's limping off to the sideline and you know as good as Jonathan Brooks is playing that's not as dramatic but I help such a big thing and even though this Texas team is very deep those are some big key positions of guys that are going to be out that they're going to need if they want to have those same goals that they had before the season started yeah, you need your dudes. I mean, all the guys that you're talking about right there, and depth is a great thing. I mean, when when you, I mean, depth is like, I mean, it's one of the things when we, we start looking at this stuff. I don't care about the sport, man. Depth is so important. When you have somebody to plug in there that's going to be able to, in this running back room and, and the wide receiver room, all of that. I mean, but even with, with JT Sanders, you know, he, he was merely a decoy on Saturday. And, you know, Gunnar Helm, everything that he, you know, he got the touchdown and, and that's great. But, but I mean, he's still not JT Sanders and that's not a slight at Gunnar Helm, but the whole thing is, I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing when you have a dude out there that's just kind of, okay. And, and I heard, you know, during the week, it's like, oh yeah, JT's looking pretty good. You know, he's, he's, he's running on in straight lines and all this. Yeah. But he's not cutting. He's not doing all the shit that you have to do to be um, the, the tight end that he is. I mean, one of the best tight ends in the country and, and it really is because that, that, and that's the other part about this. They, we, Texas got, you said it, out physical on last Saturday. I mean, OU. I mean, not only did they win the game, I mean, they they did it uh, in a very physical fashion, which again that surprised me as well. I didn't, I didn't really think that that was going to happen to Texas. Yeah, and again, got to give credit to Jeff Levy when credits due. Yep. Right? He knew that if we could keep those big guys on the field and not substitute guys and go at a pace to where they could get fatigued, we got somebody on our comment section said maybe Texas was just tired. That's exactly right. Like Texas, they were drained. And that goes to coaching, you know, both. Yeah. You, talk, you mentioned JT Sanders. He'd be he tired in that play. game. He shouldn't <laughs> have played. JT yeah. Sanders shouldn't have played. And a lot of that, 
this dude to Gunnar Helm, you got to trust him more. But also JT Sanders was such a liability. And you saw that from the first play of the game where they threw that quick screen to Xavier Worthy. And who was the person with the responsibility to make the block? Jatavion Sanders. That's right. Blown the hell up. Blown yep. up. Which yep. you're a tight end going after a corner. That should be easy money. It's not like you can't do it. We saw against the Baylor game on Quinn Ewers' 29-yard run, JT Sanders was a reason why Quinn Ewers got into the end zone untouched due to his blocking. So he's capable, even though he still has to get better, even when healthy. But that should have showed you Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff early. Yo, zero ain't in it. Zero, no. I don't know. We, I don't know if we could ride with him. If we want to be on the level that we want to be when it comes to moving the ball down the field, you know, and yeah. I get it. Like he, you, you nailed it on the head, Rodney, like JT Sanders is a game changing tight end. Like if Brock Bowers wasn't Brock Bowers, then JT Sanders will be getting all yeah. the love, but That's Brock right. Bowers might be the best tight end in the last 15 years or so in the college game. So that's, that's hard to tell there, but yeah, man, it's, that, that was a bad move for Sark and not preparing for the pace, knowing that Jeff Levy, that's his up game. Up-tempo, dude. Yeah, like. Up-tempo was. I, I couldn't believe that they were that, that they were not prepared for the up. I was talking about this earlier in the week, uh, and I'm sorry to jump in there, Zay. Oh, but man, you, you sit there and you watch the film. They didn't do anything different than they had done before. Yeah. <laughs> it's up-tempo. It's like, they're coming. They're coming, and you seriously, you're flat-footed, like you're like you're standing in concrete, and that's that's coaching, dude. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. That's, that's coaching. That just makes me think what somebody said on our Coda text line. Shout out to y'all hitting us up on the Coda text line five one two 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 nine three two eight. Even if somebody said, even if you beat them a hundred to zero the year before, you should never all caps. Take your biggest rival lightly no. makes me skeptical that UT can can run the table. I don't know if you said that right. Either way, that's what he said. And, yeah, did Sark and his coaching staff just look at this team like, oh, these guys, we trust them. We're proven. We beat Bama. We beat Kansas. We're a second-half team now. We're fine. Like, we, you know, we, don't, we watched the film on Oklahoma. Ain't no way they're going to surprise us. And yeah. sure enough, it seems like – that's what happened. But yeah, before we get into this good talk about the position groups, let me tell y'all about Salt Traders Coastal Cooking from the team at Jack Allen Salt Traders. Man, just the finest seafood and Southern cuisine that you're going to get. And Monday, hey, Monday, Cowboys game, Cowboys, Chargers, the Kellen Moore game. Oh, everybody's Lord. been waiting on. It's been circled for. Hey, go check it out at Salt Traders where they have a terrific happy hour starting at 3.30. And, man, you get dollars off oysters and different drinks. And also just Salt Traders is off the chain. When I go there, I get the fried shrimp. Can't go wrong with that. If you're feeling a little bit more dangerous, get the shrimp and grits, you know, the fish sandwiches, anything you want at Salt Traders, seafood-wise, they have it and they do it 
to a T. So salt traders should be popping this week with ACL and stuff. And if you down the street, like salt traders, I know y'all are doing well if y'all Zilker location and there's one out in Round Rock. So, you know, it ain't too far from y'all. You can find the salt traders. And if it is, it's worth the drive. Trust me. So shout out to salt traders, coastal cooking. They hold it down for us here at Texas sports unfiltered. Yeah. All right, Robbie, let's go over the position groups and we'll grade them. And we're grading everybody. I know people are just going to think, oh, you're talking about quarterbacks. That means Quinn Ewers. No, I'm, even though we haven't seen Arch Manning, he gets a grade too. And you're going to see why we're grading them and Malik Murphy. So, yeah, quarterback play right now. Um, I overall, I would say be. B, I would say B, maybe a B plus if you count Arch Manning not playing. The fact that that's not a story right now, Rodney, Mm -hmm. is a blessing because we know what kind of shit show that could be. If you're going in to this bye week on some, what, four and two, two bad losses, Quinn yours looks terrible. You know, type of thing to where everybody's wondering, oh, when's Arch Manning's turn going to get here? Because that's what we heard in the offseason from the national media. We didn't hear it from our guys because we knew what was going on, what's really going on. And we knew with Cooper Manning and just kind of their trajectory for Arch, they knew that it would probably be best if he sat and learned instead of getting thrown into the fire, because not only, and Chip Brown made a good point about this yesterday about the university of Texas quarterback and just the magnifying glass that you're under, you know, compared to some of the others, like, you know, the Lakers point guard or, you know, the shortstop for the Yankees. Jack Prescott. Prescott. Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. Like say what you want about Dak. He lives a certain life that others don't have to. He has certain expectations that others don't have to deal with. And whatever, it comes with the job. It is what it is. You know, you pick this profession, it comes with it. A lot of people would want that situation to be the starting quarterback for Texas or the Dallas Cowboys. So not to have any of those just ramblings and BS going on in the background. Oh, when are you going to put Malik Murphy out there? When are you going to throw Arch Manning out there? Quinn Ewers looks like crap this year. That's a blessing in itself. And then Quinn Ewers overall, he's been solid this year. You know, these last two weeks, if you look at the Oklahoma game and Kansas game, he has three interceptions and he has that fumble. You don't like that, but in that Oklahoma game, to have all those turnovers and to regroup and yeah. to lock in and to have like 26 of your last 28 passes be completions, that's the growth that Quinn Ewers has showed us. And that's what we've kind of expected of him being the five-star world quarterback coming into Texas from Ohio State. You know, last year, even though Quinn has some bright moments – Overall, you just saw a very confused, young, yeah. inexperienced quarterback. 
And yeah. a lot of times you just need reps. I mean, Peyton Manning threw 20 some interceptions his rookie year. Like that's Peyton Manning, top five quarterback of all time. So certain guys, they got to get their feet wet when they're in a new situation like Quinn was. And now coming into year two for him, it's been night and day. Like his demeanor so much better. Every time he goes out there, I feel like he gives Texas the mm -hmm. best chance to win. And even though Dylan Gabriel outplayed him, he still played pretty well after all those turnovers and stuff. So I would give the whole quarterback room a B and, yeah. you know, throw Malik Murphy in there. I think he's staying the course and understands that being under Steve Sarkeesian is in his best interest as of now, who knows when the season ends and all these other schools start throwing around NIL money and you got boosters hitting you up because Malik Murphy yeah. was one in last season. A lot of yep. schools, hit up Malik Murphy and was like, yo, bro, Quinn coming back. What you doing? Yep. Malik Murphy said, hey, I like the university. I like Sark. I believe in what they're doing here. Even though Arch is coming in, I'm confident in my abilities to where in 2024, based on all good things, that Quinn Ewers is going to go to the NFL due to him having a, the rest of a good season – it's going to be a battle between Malik and Arch. And that's when mm -hmm. it could get spicy and the national media could get petty. And, you know, those are the kind of things that if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you want to avoid, but it is what it is. Like you want iron to sharpen iron. You want there to be battles. You don't want anybody to get comfortable out there because you could get a little lackadaisical and kind of yeah. lose mojo if you get too comfortable so having guys fight for your spot i think that could be a good thing but yeah this season of what we've seen quarterback wise and i would like to see malik murphy out more i mean he's too big to not want to maybe try a brotherly shove you know yeah. like the <laughs> hurts effect like get him in there on those you know fourth and ones or those third and ones and let those guys push the pile to where you're not having those Byron Murphy, Trevondre sweat, everybody just. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Where Jonathan Brooks has nowhere to go. You don't want those problems. Hell even Savion red put some wild yep. home in there, but yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Malik Murphy every once in a while just because he's so big. I know he's not Vince Young or Mike Vick, but I'm sure that he could do some things that Quinn Ewers can't. Plus, Quinn Ewers, you don't want him taking those hits. That's you right. Know? That's right. Yeah, and, and I think you designed those packages. I mean, because, you know, for the life of me, you know, I, I talk about it all the time, Zay, uh, with the quarterback thing. And, again, this is not on the quarterbacks. I'll give you the grade here in just a minute. But to me, it's like, man, you're down there on the one-yard line. Man, why are you out of the gun? I mean, put this dude under center. I mean, it, it's old school. I mean, teach him, uh, work on it in practice. You're talking about running the two-minute drill and throwing the Hail Mary and all that bullshit. Let him get under center and, and feel that, that dude's nuts a little bit and just go ahead and take a snap. I mean, that, that, that shit still works, man. I see it I see it in high school games that I'm covering, dude. It's like a dude under center, and he looks all uneasy and everything. And it's like, yeah. dude, that's, that's old school football right there. But, right. But, you know, Right. I mean, and, 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 and I think you would have scored, but anyway, whatever that, that, that is passed, but 
I, I give this room a, a B plus. I give them a B plus because honestly, uh, I mean, very impressed with Quinn Ewers, and 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 I love the fact that he is he's taken the leadership role uh, of this team. And to me, the reason that I would give him a B plus is a lot what you were just talking about, man. Uh, the two interceptions coming out in the game against Oklahoma, I was waiting for him to just fall apart. But dude, he bounced back, put this team on his shoulders, and was about to carry them over to a win. And just what I was talking about, I think some better play calling, um, maybe they would have established that win. And and uh, and 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 to your other point, and I love that as well. I mean, this Arch Manning thing, it, that was my biggest concern when he comes to Texas. It's like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go. Uh, I mean, we know the most popular person in, in Austin is the backup quarterback. Well, that's not Arch right now. But he's the third string quarterback, I guess, or two and a half, whatever you want to call it. But man, I was waiting for that shit show to happen and it hasn't. And you know why it hasn't happened? Because Quinn Ewers has been, I say it all the time, dude, ain't nothing wrong with being a game manager. You can sit there and blow the lights out and do all these different things, but it's all right to control the game and take that offense on your shoulders and do what you have to do. And that's what he's had to do. I mean, it's a whole different mindset for him right now. And I I think last year he was taken over by the moment. I mean, he gets thrust into this thing. Um, like you were just talking about, man, be, being in those positions, this is one of those jobs where it's like, man, talk about the pressure for an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid to be the quarterback at the University of Texas with these expectations. Zay, uh, even on the shitty years, the expectation, it's like, okay, we're going to be, we're going to win eight games, but the expectation is realistically, we're going to win eight games realistically, uh, but the expectation is we're going undefeated. <laughs> but and especially this year with what he's done, I mean, the my, hey, look, he's found his faith, uh, all of that. I think that's probably something that's helping him. He's yeah. putting this in, in a higher power that's guiding him. And he just looks he just looks ready for the moment. And the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Let Malik let let Arch let them battle for that backup spot. Let them worry about what they're doing down the road, man. This dude just seems primed to be in this position, and he's leading this team. And that's all that you can ask for in, in a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah, good points, Rodney. You know him being comfortable with himself. Yeah, is so in his skin. important in his skin. Yep. Yeah, that is so important because again, you're. You're a college kid, even though yeah. these guys are professional athletes, you're still a college kid. You're 20 years old. You're the quarterback at the University of Texas. So what's normal? How can you make life as normal as possible for you? And I love knowing that he sees a psychiatrist, that he sees and talks to somebody that helps him understand that, yo, even though these games are life or death for a lot of these fans, these games don't define you as a person. And some, like, I know not everybody's Kobe Bryant. Everybody loves, com- you know, commenting and quoting Kobe. Probably one of the easiest persons yeah. to quote is Kobe Bryant, mama mentality. Like, you hear that mm-hmm. in every mm-hmm. single sport. Sports that have nothing to do with hoops, Rodney. Like, yeah, man, the Rowan team's going crazy right now. Rowan team, why are y'all doing so well? Oh, I've been watching Kobe highlights. I watched Kobe drop four freaking 60 against the yep. Celtics or whatever, and that got me motivated because it's Kobe. And it's like, okay, slow down. I get it. He's one of the greatest players of all time. I miss him too, but not everybody can apply that type of lifestyle to theirs. That's just not realistic. That's right. That's and right. 
And like you could use certain things to motivate you and help you go, you know, that might be unorthodox. Like I bet you 20 years ago, if you heard your quarterback go into probably, you know, what they'll call a shrink, they'll be like, oh, damn, that ain't good. So Dude, that's wrong? anybody, anybody, you anybody, or me yeah. go to, you or me go to therapy. Hell, hell, our parents may be like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Yeah. Dude, dude, I remember years, years ago, I had a cousin, I had a cousin and she, she was going to this thing called therapy back in the day. And this was like, this was like way back in the nineties. And my aunt is telling, my aunt is telling me, she's like, oh, well, I'm not going to say her name, but she's going to therapy because she's depressed. She doesn't look sad to me. I'm like, it doesn't fuck. She's not fucking sad. <laughs> Yeah, she was not sad. Yeah, yo, I mental health's a real thing. And yeah. yes, it seems like Quinn Ewers has that all locked out. So you give them a B plus, I'll give them a B. That is solid. Let's move on to the running backs. And yeah, man, Jonathan Brooks, right now, he's the leading rusher for power five running backs. He's the second leading rusher in the nation to that Troy running back who has over 800 yards to Jonathan Brooks, 700 something yards. Yeah. But yeah, um, I would have to say a minus for the running back room. A minus. Yeah, like we had no idea what it would be when B. John Robinson gets drafted in the first round going top 10 like right then i was like okay it's that special because Bijan wasn't supposed to be, be taken right there and if i'm an nfl gm i probably wouldn't have but hey that's why i'm talking to you and i'm not in the press box <laughs> that's but that just shows how talented and good that guy was. And when Roshan Johnson from a leadership standpoint, and he could play his ass off too. I know we talk about leadership first with Rojo, but that dude was a thumper. That dude lowered his pads. I see him on Sundays. He should get more reps for the Bears. Maybe they would win more if Eberfuss could figure that out. You know what I'm saying? So both of those guys go to the NFL. What do you have? You know, you know, CJ Baxter coming in has a lot of hype being a five star blue chipper coming out of Florida. And he got the start in that Rice game, which was very interesting to this day to me, especially with what we see from Jonathan Brooks now. But he gets hurt in that game and he hasn't been 100 percent since. And Jonathan Brooks has taken off like the dude is the best running back in the nation right now. The way that he's able to stay patient and find his holes and, you know, to stay fresh in that fourth quarter where a lot of defenses are fatigued, like he has been solid. And you could throw him the ball now. He had a couple of drops in the first two weeks that were huge. Like he's had a couple of catches from here on out to where you have a lot of confidence in him. So, yeah, you know, he still has to get better. I thought, you know, on that goal line stop for Oklahoma, those four straight, plays on the one yard line the second play where Jonathan Brooks got the toss I've been talking about it all week he's gonna have to see that okay it's clogged let me bounce this thing out to the bounce outside to the outside yep. you know what I'm saying a little just a little yep. jump cut to the outside yep. and I'm in the end zone or I'm one-on-one with a cornerback and I like my matchup there so you know he'll he'll learn that just comes from reps you know this is his first real, real full season and he's definitely made the most of his opportunity. Number 24, I had him as my MVP for the offense yesterday with me and Chip Brown, and he absolutely deserves that. Like, that yeah. dude 
been on one. Um, I guess the reason why it's not an A or an A plus for me, I thought I would see Keelan Robinson and Jaden Bluemore. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird not to see Keelan Robinson. Like he was involved way more last year than he was I this know. year. And I guess yeah. that was due to the lack of depth that they had in 2022 opposed to what they have now. I don't know, but Keelan Robinson is too just athletic and too fast to not utilize them somehow, you know? Yeah, he, he was the one the beginning of the year where, where I was curious to see what they were going to do with him. And and I'm disappointed that they haven't. And I'm with you, A minus. I mean, breakout year. I mean, for for Brooks. I mean, obviously, what he's doing right here, man. You're you're filling a huge gap right here. But it goes down to, and I'm a little confused because it's like you're splitting as the coaching staff. You're kind of splitting, you know, between Baxter and Blue. You're kind of splitting, I guess, what we would call the 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 second back reps it seems like to me you're not really establishing the second guy and 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 i am disappointed that that keelan robinson i, I mean i see on punts or or whatever but i just really thought with with the veteran leadership and the the he's multifaceted to me there there are different abilities right there that i think he possesses to where i would be utilizing him more and i mean a minus, yes. I mean, it's easy to give an A minus when the dude has 740 yards because we're basing a lot of the room grade on the one dude. But I just, I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see as as now as now with the wake up call because you're you're going to want to try to establish a running game even more and and why we don't run the ball to start the game. Zay, for the life of me, I don't know. I can't, I can't figure that out. But that's a whole different discussion. But um, I, I'm curious to see where this goes from here. Because you have you have the established number one, and you have a guy that is really pounding the rock and doing and, and he's your bell cow, and that's what you really need to have. But when you start inserting these other guys, and that's where I go back to what you're talking about with Keelan Robinson, I think that he adds a whole different uh, whole different facet to this, where you can plug him in there, and and it's going to give you uh, maybe a tri dimensional effect to be able to do stuff out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, and like. Kyle Shanahan, he was on campus, you know, the alum, Texas alum in the summer. Him and Sark were chopping it up. He does it better than anybody in the National Football League due to him having all those weapons that he has with Debo Samuel and Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk, et cetera. But you see the running back, you'll see McCaffrey, he'll be a wideout sometimes. And Debo Samuel will be in the backfield. They just mix it up and they get creative. Like Keelan Robinson, he can't run routes. You can't have him on some swing stuff or, you know, a wheel route or something like that. Like That's what he does well. I think yeah. he does that exceptionally well. Yeah. And, and by the way, I got to renege on the quarterback grade I had. Quint, let's bump that up to a B plus. Quinn Ewers has five touchdowns on the ground this year. That I, I, didn't, I didn't take that into account. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a big Wheels. deal. Yeah. Wheels, dog. Wheels. Octavius. Wheels of steel yeah. right there. That's yeah. Right. Quentin. Any other black name that starts with Q, <laughs> that's what we got to call him, man. Yo, man, Quinn Ewers, five touchdowns on the ground. That's solid. But, yeah, right. you know, Jaden Blue, I thought he would get a little bit more run, too. We had that fumble. Uh, what game was it? Maybe I think it was the Wyoming game. Yeah, Wyoming game. Yeah, yeah well, Texas yeah. could have scored. At the end, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that might have put him in the doghouse. That might have. Like, you – you gotta capitalize on every opportunity, man. You got to. So, just those things. And CJ Baxter, I wish we, I wish we could see him healthy. 
because he has some runs where you're like, okay, I see it. But then it looks like he's going in slow motion at times. And they're like, all right, dude, how hurt are you? Like, get him out of here. Well, like, that, that, that's that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, like we were talking about with JT Sanders. I mean, especially with Baxter. I mean, and especially with all, all, all the other – I mean, you've, you've got other wheels in the arsenal right there. I mean, let him sit. I mean, I mean, does he need to be in the game at this point? Uh, or especially with what we have coming on, does he need to be a part of the game plan? Let this dude get well. I mean, I think that's what might have happened right here. Yeah, yeah. So, got a minus for the running backs. What do you have? You got a minus two. No, what's that? I'm sorry, I was looking right down at the text. Right uh, yes, a minus, a minus, okay. my man, a right, minus is deal. what I have. Good deal. All right, let's go to the wide receivers. And, yeah, I'm going to go A-minus here, too. I'm going to go A-minus here, too. I think the ball's been spread out. I think if you don't count the Washington Huskies, this is the best wide receiver room in the nation. And yeah. they've lived up to it so far. You got Xavier Worthy, uh, 34 catches for 453 yards, three touchdowns. Adonai Mitchell, 25 receptions, 354 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, put Jordan Winnington in there, even though he has no touchdowns. I thought he had his best game of the year against Oklahoma with the 10 catches. And those guys have been solid. They've been hard to guard. They've been running Chris Brown. Quinn's been yep. finding them and you know just the difference that we've seen in 2023 opposed to 2022 where Xavier Wordy it seems like it was just him and Quinn that's it yep. the only person that they were going after was Xavier Wordy and it's like damn I know they roommates but y'all acting like these guys got bunk beds and are staying in the yep. same room with the way that yeah. we're just looking at X Quinn come on mix it up a little bit and that just kind of shows the trust that you have in these guys in 2023 that you didn't have in 2022 and you know there are certain guys that I wish got more reps that got more tick. I think Jonte Cook and you heard Sark talk about it. Nahor, yeah, some of these guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Isaiah Nahor, him too. But I don't think his his leg, even though they say he's 100%, I don't think it's caught up with his mind yet. I don't yeah. think they trust him to go out there and, you know, him missing the whole year. Just you're not going to take Adonai Mitchell out. You're not going to take Xavier Worthy out. You can't take Jordan Winnington out at this point. Like, so where where are you going to get reps? You know, right. Isaiah same with Jonte Cook, even though he's kind of slid his way into getting some reps. We saw against Baylor, he had a good catch. And we saw against Kansas, he had a big time catch. So, you know, you have faith in the freshman. But with those other three guys that I just named, Name, it's very hard to get on the field because Jay Witt, Adonai Mitchell, and Xavier yeah. Wordy have been so reliable. So yeah, yeah, you you can't take those dudes out. And I mean, that's and I'm with you. I mean, same grade for me. And that, that's one of the things that I did want to talk about. And you kind of uh, were going that way there, Zay. I mean, back back to yours. I mean, the fact that he is he's comfortable spreading the ball around, and and that really is the the one of the best things that I like about this season is that you do see. I mean, you see different guys that that are being a part of this passing game, and you know. Maybe you don't see all the down-the-field stuff that you're looking for, but you know what? You haven't had to do that yet. I mean, if you can hit down the middle, hit to the outside, run screens and 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 little shit to the outside, I mean, that's totally great because you've got the weapons to do it right here. And this this wide receiver room, and like the guys you're talking about, dude, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, the names you're mentioning right there, 
they haven't had to be a part of this yet. So, I mean, all of that is sitting right there. So this, between this running back room and this wide receiver room, man, you know how many coaches would die to have this around the country? It's like, man, what a great problem to have that I can't get these dudes in the game because my two, three, whatever, they're just that damn good. Yeah. So, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to discount either one of these rooms at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was when Sark was at Alabama too, when you had Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and, you know, Smith and just all those studs, Jalen Waddle, like they all played and the guys who were behind them didn't get much reps. Like they were all just kind of substituting within each other. And yeah, if you have those wide receivers that you could trust and let those guys roll, let those dogs eat out there. And they've been solid. Xavier Wordy, he's been really good. Chip says, and he's right. Like had one of his best games of his career against Mm -hmm. Oklahoma, just, you know, being tough, fighting yards after catch, fighting for extra yardage you know you need that now they gotta get better at their blocking when they run that smoke screen stuff and those quick hitters to where it's basically a run through the air Adonai Mitchell is a horrible blocker yeah yeah man you you got to get a body on somebody I mean or try to try to man forget that brother-in-law shit I mean get out there and try to try to lay something into somebody Yo, AD, I know Kirby Smart must have had fits about that during his Georgia days because he's came here to the 40 acres. He struggled on blocking. Yeah. He has. He has. I mean, not everybody could be Heinz Ward out here and go out here <laughs> headhunting and shit. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not in everybody's blood. Sometimes these wide receivers, all they want to do is catch passes. They don't want to get gully and get grind. They're not used to blocking. They're, They're not, not used to blocking. You know, they don't, Break a nail, hurt a shoulder, get, get a scrape. I mean, that's not part of the job. But if Sark's gonna call like he's calling, you damn right, you brother. Block. You gotta block because that's right. an issue. That's an yep. issue. That don't it don't match up. You know what I'm saying? The calls with the you know the blocking, it don't match yep. up. So they gotta get that together. And if they do, look out. Even more points for this Texas football team. All right, tight ends. Um, I'm going to go B plus, B plus, you know, uh, it should be an A or an A minus. It should be, but with what I saw on Saturday and again, it's, it's not JT Sanders fault that he's hurt and Sark put him out. Like I salute JT Sanders for having the heart and saying, I want, I need to play in this game. I know my ankle is out here on some bummy yeah. shit, but I I can't miss this game. I got to salute him. That's some serious heart. I understand that. Sark, as a coach, he needs to understand that, yo, you're hurting us too much to play. We can't have it happen. But he did yeah. play, and he looked like trash. You know, I yeah. get it. When yours, you got to hit him on the money to where he doesn't get blown up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Play by Bowman that led to the yeah. interception. Dude. And it's, and it's like, I mean, I give him a B, but, but a lot of it is, I mean, we're grading the room. We're grading the yes. room. We're, we're grading the yeah. position. And it's like, he should not have been in the game. I mean, it's like, and like I was talking about a decoy and all that. I mean, a decoy, maybe a play or two. When it gets real obvious that it's not going to work, it's time to make a change. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, with Helm, I mean, yes. I mean, great, great job. I mean, look really good. I mean, he has looked good, but man, this is where this should be an A plus position. If 
I mean, that's why you play the games. I mean, if, if JT Sanders were was was healthy, Zay, this would be like A++. Because this yeah. dude is that good. This dude yeah. is that good. And just what he's able to do, I mean, just changing the game and what the tight end position is now, it would be A++. But it, it's just not. And we're looking at this from a whole scale. And like you're talking about, and I love what I love what you've been saying throughout this this program here is he should not have been in that game. It's like get him out, get him out, get him out man. That's probably one of the hardest things you have to do as a coach. Telling a player that maybe he came to Texas for the game for this game. Like certain guys say, "Yo, I've been watching Texas OU my whole life, and that's when I realized I had to wear the burnt orange. That's what yeah. made me a Texas fan. That's what got me into college football." Like JT Sanders, you're going back home. You know, you're a Denton yeah. land product. Like this is what you've been living yeah. for. So if you're Sark, telling the guy, "Hey, we can't, you can't play today," that must be horrible. And Sark needs to do that like you well want, you want to be in a coach as a part of your job like, that's right. and, and part of that zay part part of that zay may have been jt being like look this is my last one i'm not playing this game next year y'all are going to the sec good luck i'm not going with y'all i'm gonna go make some fucking money yeah. so i mean that that's part <laughs> that's of a it great too. Point. that's, that's a great part point. of it too but still sark is the coach <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. And even and JT Sanders had some missed blocks, even when healthy. Like you think about yeah, the right. Alabama game, Xavier Worthy had a reverse to him. And if JT Sanders doesn't muck up the block, mm -hmm. Xavier Worthy has a touchdown on that yeah. play. But JT Sanders, by a cornerback, gets thrown off, and the cornerback ends up making the tackle. Yeah. Right on, you know, the line of scrimmage, and it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, yeah. NFL's going to ask you to block, dog. Yeah. Even Travis Kelsey's out here blocking. Yep. As pretty as he might look catching these passes and stuff, that dude, he'll block for Isaiah Pacheco and those guys. He has to mm -hmm. in Andy Reid's offense. So, yeah, man, just, you know, and Gunnar Helm needs more reps. Gunnar he Helm. He needs more reps, especially if you're going to go to a 12 personnel and put both of those tight ends out. Or even if you want to give JT a breather. I know he's right. and stuff. And, you're going to you plug know, him put, in. Yep. Put yep. him in. Put Gunnar Helm in. He's earned that. He's yep. earned that. If you didn't trust him before with what we saw in, in the uh, um, Red River shootout, two fourth down plays went to Gunnar Helm, and he caught yep. both of them. He caught yep. both of them, one for a touchdown and one on that Savion Red Wildhorn play yep. where yep. they thought that he was going to run the ball. So Gunner Yeah, and he found a way to get open. F found a way to get open. And yeah. that's that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. So have more faith in Gunner Helm, man. Yep. This team, you know, they could do some big things at the tight end spot, not only JT Sanders. So, yeah, we'll give the tight ends a B. And off to the O-line, who is very banged up at the moment. Uh, you think about DJ Campbell and what we've seen with him as a guard, his first true year starting. We got, you know, Cole Hudson finally coming into the mix in this game, hopefully against Houston, him finally being healthy. Uh, Jake Majors getting hurt 
That mm. game gets on Saturday was absolutely brutal. Hayden yep. Connor playing with injuries right now. Cam- Kelvin Banks, he's been solid, but he hasn't been what we expected him to be. You know, right. Kelvin Banks, how good he was his freshman year, just all that great tape he had, all four of those uh, Big 12 edge rushers that went in the first round. Kelvin Banks, not off, excuse me, um, all four that they faced that went into the first round. They faced three in the Big 12. And then they faced Will Anderson and Kelvin Banks played his ass off in all four of those games. And then some, I know he's been dealing with a ankle injury, but still he hasn't looked as good as he was his freshman season. So all in all this O-line, I'll give him a B2, you know, that's Quentin Ewers five sacks on Saturday too much in the rice game. He was sacked a bit in the Wyoming game. He was sacked a bit. So there's been a couple of just miscommunications at times yeah. for this offensive line. Um, Jonathan Brooks success. You've got to give the O-line a lot of love for that. Like they've done a good job at moving folks in timely plays, but you know, just the injuries that they've had. Christian Jones has been terrific. He's been great. Probably the best out of yeah. everybody on that line, which says yeah. a lot to where he's came from. Like the dude was a liability a few years ago when he was playing left tackle. And I think he's now found his rhythm in his sixth season playing right tackle. And he's put on some really good film for these NFL scouts to dissect and see what they could do with him when the draft comes around next season. But yeah, I'll give this team a B. I'll give them a B. You know, you had everybody returning mm-hmm. from 2022. And yeah, Quinn, you He's gone down a bit, but you're five and one still, you know, and overall with all the injuries, they've been solid. They just haven't been great. And I think that's the problem. And I'm going to give them a B minus. And I think the problem is the reason they haven't been solid. And and again, the the B minus, it's not, this is where it's not their fault. They haven't, they haven't played together. I mean, that's the whole problem. When, when you have guys missing, I mean, when you're plugging and playing and having to fill, you know, anything in the trenches, dude, I say it all the time, you're going to win or lose in the trenches. When you're having to change, but change dudes out there, that's when it gets really, really hard. I mean, you look at what it was like 14 sacks overall. Um, the penalties. I, I know there's been a lot of conversation about too many penalties. Well, you know why? Because you've got guys playing in positions that, that they're not supposed to be playing in that position. They're not the starter. I mean, so-and-so's down. I, I am concerned here kind of with the, with the majors thing to see how um, severe that's going to be. I mean, that's kind of the anchor right there, in, in my opinion. You know, with the center right there, that's kind of the dude that, that, that leads the line. So, I don't know what may happen there. I mean, that that's kind of a shitty grade for me, and I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything like that, but just looking at it overall, it's like when you don't have the continuity and you don't have um, – man, you got to play together all the time. And, and when you have – because that was when you looked – when the season started and we were kind of uh, projecting everything, that was obviously going to be one of the one of the biggest strengths. Everybody's coming back. You got all five dudes back, and then – the rice game, it's like, oh my God, the sky is falling because we were horrible against rice. And 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 yes, that was bad. And the the two games, I think, I think really if you grade these guys out, which I haven't done, if you grade the offensive line out, you'd say it was probably rice and Wyoming, the the two games that that they were not the best in. But um, it's just been a problem that that they that they're not all there. And that's we can't control that. We can't control that, dude. You said it. This game is 
man, this game is rough. And when you start playing that position, dude, that, um, yikes, um, let them, let them get the continuity. Let's get them all out on the field. And I guarantee you that B minus is going to be an A because it's a strength. We just got to have them all on the field at one time. Yeah. Thank goodness. Cole Hudson was training all off season guard and center position. So if anything happened, they could throw him in there and feel confident. And the fact that he's coming back for this game against Houston next week, I think that's huge because yeah, you're right. Jake major is going down. That is a big blow. And the fact that it's a high ankle sprain, who knows when he'll be back or if he'll even be back a hundred percent. Like that's something that could linger, especially for somebody that's 300 pounds plus. Like that yeah. thing ain't gonna heal that's very fast. So that's a lot yeah. of girth in, in Bucking's words. That's a lot of girth. That's a lot of girth, man. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not yeah, when you give up a sacks to rice in Wyoming. That's I don't care. Those are G five teams. You can't be giving up sacks to those guys, man. Especially when they weren't. A lot of those blitzes weren't even blitzes. Excuse me. A lot of those rushes, they were just four men, four on the line, just rushing, dropping seven yep. back. Like that's, that's it. it. You that's know, it. you're getting nothing. Not like nothing spectacular. Power. Yeah, you don't see a lot of pre snap or all this other shit. It's like uh, they're just bringing. I mean, there's nothing fancy here. So, yeah. again, that'll, that'll get better. I mean, that'll get better. I'm not concerned about that. I, I mean, it, it really does. It goes back to, especially now, because you're, you're, I think, in the part of the schedule to where you got the bye week. Let's get some of these guys well. Let, let's let, let's get this offensive line back to where um, let, let's get the starters back as much as possible. And, and then I think you just take care of business. I, I think that grade will get a lot better when we do this postseason. If yeah. – guys don't get banged around anymore yeah good point good point it's just a halfway mark all these grades could change for the That's better right. hopefully not for they the could worst. go to yeah they could get worse <laughs> you know it could go left real fast we've seen it we've seen it in this program it could go left real fast so yeah, yeah. the breaks horn fans on what you're hearing right now and try to be as optimistic and as objective as possible but before we get to the defense ronnie can you tell the people about great blue heron furniture great blue heron furniture man i'll tell you what if you are looking for the best leather furniture that uh, you're going to find i mean it's easy to find i always talk about it on our show man i have a leather chair and it is hardly that it's very cheap leather uh great blue heron furniture and uh they are partners with us right here and you can find the link right there uh up at the top i think it's at the top no no down at the bottom right there uh, where the puppy dog is a custom leather furniture um, started back in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me tell you guys, this stuff is absolutely beautiful. Check it out. And better than that. I mean, it's one thing if it looks good, you can put lipstick on a pig, but high quality is what's most important. And that's what this furniture is. You cannot and will not find anything more comfortable, more durable, that's going to last you for the lifetime uh, of your purchase. Uh, that link right there on the YouTube video description, you can uh, go to our Texas Sports Unfiltered uh, collection. I don't actually know if there's like a Zay chair and a, and a Rodney chair, you know, where you sit there. Maybe you got maybe you got each of us on one side, kind of look over. Maybe, maybe that's to come uh, now that we've done uh, one show together right here. But if you're looking for furniture that's going to last uh, for for decades, and I mean decades, not 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 weeks, not months, for decades, 
Um, it's our folks right there. Look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. Click that link there or call them at 866-247-9688. Proud supporters of Texas Sports Unfiltered, my man. That's right. And another proud supporter of Texas Sports Unfiltered is Dr. Eckert and Brain Vol. Dr. Eckert, the best dentist in town and will hook you up on the best dental care that you could find in the greater Austin area. You want that smile that everybody sees when you walk in the room and says, man, that person they got a great smile. Look at those teeth right there. Dr. Eckert will hook you up. And yeah, it's in general dentistry, advanced dentistry, sports dentistry. They do it all with Dr. Eckert. Hit them up at 512-345-3166 or check them out at DrEckert.com. Dr. Eckert is your Austin dentist. And Dr. Eckert is also doing great work with Brain Vault, the revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to reduce the risk of concussion. So that old school yellow mouthpiece that you have to dip in the boiling water and then pull back out and bite that, that thing. Them days are over, Roddy. You remember those days. That's real old school. You put that hot ass water out, you bite that thing and it burns the teeth a little bit. Dude. Oh man, we ain't doing that no more. That's, that's how I learned how to make ramen noodles, man. Because it was like I had to boil shit in the pot, you know, to do my little, even the clear mouthpiece. And you you put that thing in there and then you kind of burn the other part that, that yeah. goes around the face mask. Nah, oh. man. Even though you're, you'll get fit of that Dr. Eckert for brain fall, it's different. You ain't, we ain't going that old school, just dated style. Nah, we're not with that. So if you're associated with any of the Austin area teams as a parent, a coach, grand grandparent, etc. Brain Vault is the safest mouth guard for anyone out there playing football, especially during this point of the season. At this point of the season, high school, college, NFL, you've taken some shots. That's why yeah. we're seeing bye weeks and stuff. So you've been taking it to reduce concussions, get Brain Vault or go to yeah. brainvault.com so you can schedule a fitting. And Zay, that that's why I think with, with Brain Vault, what Doctor Yu's doing right there, I think it I think it's so cool because I mean I see a lot of high school, and man, these these kids knock the living hell out of each other. I mean, these dudes are so big. I mean, they're big, they're massive. I mean, it, it's it's like college football. I mean, the game is so fast, and I see you know Thursday and Friday nights when I'm calling games, man, I see some of this contact, and I'm like, holy smoke, man. And, and, you know, getting back to feel level and, and watching what they're doing these days, it's like, man, this game has changed. This is a violent game. It's a violent game. It is, man. You got to protect yourself. They tried to clean it up as much as possible because it used to be more violent than what we're seeing now. So they took the fun out of it. But, they took you know, the fun out of it. Yeah. <laughs> took all the dirty heads. That was where you made your mark and made your money. Come on, man. All yeah. right. Start defense with the grades. We're going to do edge rushers and D tackles together. So the front line for the defense, I am going to give them an A minus, an A minus. I am not blaming them for what we saw this past Saturday. I put that on Pete yeah. Bukowski. And yep. knowing that Dylan Gabriel is a lot faster than we give him credit for, Mm -hmm. And just the pace that Jeff Levy and that OU offense went, you, that ball was out of Dylan Gabriel's hands or he was running with it easily. 
and I don't think they prepared well enough for him. Maybe you have a spy. I heard uh, Rocky and Megan on Fire the Cannon talking about that. They do a great job every Wednesday here on Texas Sports Unfiltered from three to five. You know, I, I don't know if that could have helped Rodney or just collapsing oh, or collapsing more. So Dylan Gabriel doesn't go up those A and B gaps and find those lanes like he did all game long to make those crazy just conversions and move the chains for the Sooners that are just so deflating. But besides that, really, defensive line has been solid, led by Trevondre Sweat. Pro Football Focus has him graded as the number one D tackle in the nation. And dude, that's been an absolute hoss. You cannot move him. He's clogging up holes. He's getting to the running back. Like, it's hard to run on this Texas defense. It really is. And, you know, that's kind of what these offensive coordinators are going to come in thinking Hey, look what Oklahoma did. They played at the tempo yep. to where you can't rotate those guys. That is the biggest main focus for this Texas D-line, the fact that they're able to rotate guys in like uh, Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton so you could keep Trevondre Sweat and Byron Murphy fresh mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Well, Oklahoma didn't allow those guys to do that, and guys got a lot more snaps than they're accustomed to. So Pete Kukowski, they got to look out for that. Bo Davis, they got to understand that, hey, teams are going to go way more fast pace. And they're not going to allow us to substitute guys because they're not going to substitute guys on the offensive end to keep our big guys out there and to make them more fatigued as the game goes along. So if you could limit that and get off the field so those aren't problems, then this defense is going to take another step. But, yeah, I think Ethan Burke, he's shown us something this year, especially in that Alabama game. He's kind of fell off a little bit, but – He's been solid. And then, you know, Baron Sorrell, I think he wished that he was better than what he's shown at times, even though in the Baylor game he was good. But you're looking more for Baron Sorrell. I mean, this is a guy that talked about having 10 sacks this season. I don't think he's going to get that. But, you know, he's played well. We just need a little bit more for a number 88. So, yeah, I think this – defensive line they've been solid all year long and i'm not gonna put much blame on them for saturday you know when it comes to that oklahoma loss even though it might have looked like they've got gutted i thought that just oklahoma's game plan was better you know i just thought it was better and hopefully you won't see anything like that for the rest of the six games but luckily for texas side they're not gonna see a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel. So, you know, that's that's definitely a big help. Those as good as Will Howard's been, you know, he hasn't been good lately. Oklahoma yeah. didn't look good. That Missouri game where he got hurt, he didn't look good for Kansas State. You know, Chandler Morris is probably hurt for a while. He hasn't looked good replacing Max Duggan, who ended up replacing him in 2022, ironically. And, you know, the list goes on. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give the defensive line an A-. minus. Totally with you on the A- minus right there, dude. I mean, it, it really has been, and I do. I mean, I put this more on the on the coaching staff for, for – I mean, we talked about it before the game. I, I know you guys talked about it. We talked about it on our show. I think every show on this network probably talked talked about it is you couldn't let Dylan Gabriel you couldn't let the quarterback get out there and 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 beat you and that's exactly what that's exactly what they did 
or what he did or what they did. And I put that more on game planning. Um, but when you, when, when you want to talk about stopping the run and, and everything, you know, between sweat and, and Murphy and, and all of these guys, man, they had been exceptional what this defense has done. I mean, that front, I, I always, I, I talk about it on our show all the time, Zay, and we can talk about the linebackers here in a minute, but when you get the guys, when you get the guys on the edge and you get the guys on the line that are making tackles and the linebackers, that means they're doing their job because you don't have all the guys from the secondary coming up, having to make plays, you know, eight or 10 yards down the field with the running back running the ball. And they have been really good. They've been really good. And I think it was, again, this is where we go back to with that. Even though the writing was on the wall, I think it was pretty obvious that you were going to have to stop Dylan Gabriel somehow that that didn't happen and i do put that more on on pk unfortunately um you know the adjustments uh, whatever that, that that didn't happen and that's how you got beat but again now you know and like you're talking about you're not going to see this again um unless you get into you know what unless you see him again yeah. uh which hopefully that's going to be the case hopefully you see him again or then in the playoff you're not going to have to deal with that once again but man this this, this front line the edge man they have been damn good Damn good. A minus all the way, dude. If it hadn't been for the Oklahoma game, it'd be fucking A plus. Yeah. And that Oklahoma team, they're not going to be the same if you do see them again because one of their top wide receivers, yeah. Anthony's out for the season. So that's right. If the Oklahoma, they're going to have to have some adjustments made in order to keep on rolling like they're doing, especially offensively. All right, Romney, let's breeze through this so we could get to some playoff baseball and the NFL slate this weekend linebackers. I'm going to go a minus two. I mean, we knew yeah. what Jalen Ford would do, even though we didn't have the best game on Saturday and that's on coaching, get the guy out the game when you can, he can't play every snap. That's ridiculous. In that game, that magnitude where your heart's pumping two times faster than it usually does. Oh, Jalen Ford was the most tired we've ever seen him. Yeah. And it was because he played every snap defensively. So did John. Right. So the dude, yeah, all those missed tackles and missed assignments that we're not used to seeing from him, it was due to fatigue and Sark and those guys, PK having them out there way too long. But if you look at David Benda and Anthony yeah. Hill, Anthony those Hill. guys have been incredible, especially with DeMarion Overshown getting drafted by the Cowboys. We didn't know who would be up next to uh, Jalen Ford and would they be able to be productive. Ant Hill, the freshman, he's shown us that he's good enough. He needs more trust and he needs more reps. And David Benda, even though he mucked up on that last play of the game, him and Jaron Thompson just having that miscommunication. Well, I know David Benda took blame for that, but I don't know. Both of those guys are at fault. He's been solid too. And yeah. he's shown us in this fifth year that he could be trusted. And Jet Bush has had some good games also. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. this linebacker core, Dave – They've been solid, and they've kind of proved me wrong because I was very skeptical about them knowing that Jalen Ford is it. Who else do they have? Jet Bush, David Benda, and Anthony Hill have all been good in these six games. I'm going to give that whole core an A-. minus. Yeah, A- minus as well. And the whole thing is, I mean, I think with, with the linebackers, dude, and even with uh, what we were just talking about with the line and the, and the, and the edge guys – Take the Oklahoma game out, and hell, we're probably giving them both an A plus. I mean, because they yeah. have been that good. They've been that good. But yeah, yeah, you know, David Bender right there. I mean, one of those things. And he did. He owned. He owned up to that. But 
I mean, uh, Anthony Hill, dude. I mean, geez, Louise. I mean, this, this dude's a freaking monster. And that's, you know, you kind of, you kind of look at this and it's hard to not think about the future. I mean, how long are you going to have these guys? You know, that that's the whole thing that you start thinking about, you know, with that. But I mean, the, the contain, the contain has just been so good. So good. I mean, the Oklahoma game does change the grades for, for both of those units right there. But, uh, man, you just go back to, to, to just everything that we've seen, uh, you know, right there in those first two levels of this defense, man. They have been so solid. And I think that, again, it's kind of that fire that's going to be under him here the rest of the year because they're not going to see that again for a little bit. So, I mean, you go out and, 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 and again, I don't know if we're going to grade coaching, but, um, yes, are. The, yes. okay, good. Because the only reason, like I said, the only reason they don't have a pluses is because of coaching, but we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. The secondary, we're going to combine corners and safeties and nickels just to put it all together since we only have about 15 minutes left. But yeah, the secondary, I'm going to give them a B. This is the weak spot for yeah. the Texas Longhorns right now. And, you know, if Ryan Watts plays on Saturday, this grade might be different. But, you know, Jaron Thompson, even though he's tied with Jalen Ford in interceptions and he had that big-time pick six against Wyoming and that huge interception against Alabama, Alabama. he had a horrible game on Saturday. you got to get that pick in the end zone, Jaron Thompson. You've been here way too long. You know what that could have done as a momentum shifter. You have to catch that ball. And – you just illegally tackling Dylan Gabriel. That was a very dumb move. And Jaron Thompson's had a couple of those types plays just in different games throughout the season. Yeah. Go back to the Wyoming game with their second string quarterback that was just kind of dinking and dunking them until Jaron Thompson had the pick six and they figured it out. You know, it's Malik Muhammad's been great for a freshman even though he's kind of had his muck-ups at times, but you expect that coming from a guy playing his first year of college basketball, uh, football, excuse me. Gavin Holmes has been solid, but, you know, he's had his moments. Ryan Watts getting hurt. Obviously, that hurts. That kills, you know, Michael Tech. Tapp, yeah, yeah. It's like, has been, you know, yeah. solid, but he'll always show that. He was a walk-on for a reason. Um, John A. Barron has been great. He's always just reliable. You know, only thing I can remember of him mucking up was against K uh, Kansas, him and Keaton Crawford, just having that miscommunication on that deep shot. Keaton Crawford's been good. Um, yeah, you know, Terrence Brooks has been right. I, You know, he's had some good plays, actually. I thought he had some good deflections in the Oklahoma game. It's just yeah. he's had a couple of bad pass interference calls that were exactly the same in the Wyoming game. He's just holding guys, not even looking to the ball, just pushing them with his yeah. hands in their shoulder pads out of bounds. Like, dude, even if the ball could be completely on the other side of the field, they're going to call something like that, man. Get yeah. your hands off them. You know, yeah. so he's learning. This is his first real year of starting, even though he got a little clock last season. But Overall, yeah, they're, they're a B, and it's, they haven't been terrible. Because you know, obviously, me giving them a B, but there's been plays out there that they haven't made that they need to make with yeah. all the experience that they do have. And if they can force more turnovers, Sark talked about that in the press conference on Monday. They forcing more turnovers, just shifting the momentum then it could go up to an A if they do that in the next six games and some change. But right now, they're just not forcing enough turnovers for me. If they get that up, then their grade's going to go up. 
Yeah, and, and I'm man. You and I, man, we we are the same. We're we're just as critical as one another, I think, because I'm giving them a B. Also, I mean, that the, they they've given up some big plays. They've given up some big plays, but that 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 really is the other thing that they're not forcing the turnovers. And, and again, it it I, I thought at the beginning of the year that this was going to be possibly the weak spot right here when you got into the secondary here again like when we were talking about with the linebackers I wasn't sure what to expect but I didn't think that that it was going to be what I would call the weak spot I I didn't think that it was something that was going to be detrimental not not that the secondary is being detrimental but but I think that if we don't if we don't see more consistency if we don't see your point if we don't see them start to to to, to, to make some big plays and, and take the football away. That's where, when we get further down the road in the games, that, that may be a little more important, that, that may be, you know, Big 12 championships or playoff games or bowl games or whatever the case may be. That's when you really need to be doing that. And, and that's the one thing that has really been lacking right there uh, with these guys. I, I mean, Thompson, Catalan, the, these guys, they, they've been they've been good. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that, 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 that they've been lights out or, or, They've been great at times, but it's just not what we see in the first two levels of the defense. And, and that's where I think if you could totally solidify that, man, then you've got an immovable object in this in this defense. But again, the grade can drastically improve once they they after they listen to us, they're going to be like, OK, we're fixing all this shit. We're going to take out all of this right here because these guys, these guys are telling us what we need to do to fix all this. Yeah, these guys out here talking that real. So we're we going we to fix it because we listen to the day and they talking that real for sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. They but got how, they how, how great is it, Zay? I think the lowest, I said B minus earlier. Man, if the if a B minus is the is the worst that you have right now, five games in, I mean, I think they do they do an I. Well, that's special team C. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, special team C. Button, kick return, Burt Auburn. Like Mm. Ryan Sanborn's been good. Burt Auburn's been okay. He redeemed himself a lot in the Oklahoma game, but he's missed a lot of kicks before that. Yeah. Um, the punt and kick return has been trash. Oh. It's been awful. They they don't get any yards on kick return. I never have that. Oh, these guys are going to take it to the house moment. I, no. I never have that confidence in any I never of think that. No. Never think that. And that's a shame. The- Dude, the, the bad thing is when, when you get into punts and punts and kicks, a lot of times what I'm thinking is, man, I hope this doesn't get muffed because yeah. that, that seems to be what I'm seeing more than anything else. I mean, that, that big play capability isn't there. I mean, uh, I'm more worried about a turnover or getting stuck way on, on, on the deep side of your field. Yeah. Yeah. You've had a couple of muffs, Jordan Winnington and Xavier Worthy. Keelan Robinson takes the ball out of the end zone at horrible times and doesn't even oh. get past the 25. So it's like, dude, just take a knee or fair catch. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, if you're not going to make something out of nothing, and I get wanting to make something out of nothing because nothing's happened. So you want to prove coaches yeah. wrong, prove people wrong that, hey, they're telling us we got to get better, get some yardage. So you want to make a big time play, but it just hasn't happened. And Xavier Wordy, he's had some good punt returns, but it's just not consistent where I want it to be and yeah I give that a C and coaching I give coaching a B I give coaching a B um you know 
Sark's had some good moments. Sark's had some bad moments. Pete Kwiatkowski's had some good moments. Pete Kwiatkowski's had some bad moments. And, you know, just the play calling, the especially in the Oklahoma game, playing JT Sanders, don't like that. We've talked about that a ton, not only today, but this week. Uh, that for uh, stop on one yard line against yeah. Oklahoma. Sorry, come on. You got to be better than that. You've seen some random weird jet sweep reverses that get no yardage. And then Pete Kwiatkowski, you know, just having those guys like Jody Barron and Jalen Ford playing every single snap defensively. Come on, man. That's just you're setting your team up for disaster. And the last drive for Oklahoma offensively where Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners go 75 yards on five plays. That can't happen. That yeah, can't no. happen. No, that absolutely can't happen. So, yeah, yeah, you beat Alabama, huge. That's going to Brian Denny Sam. That's absolutely huge. You're still in position to, especially with West Virginia losing, the get to Jerry World. You know, this team still looks locked in. They still look focused. And the fact that we graded all those other position groups with majority Bs, except for the uh, slash A's, except for the special yeah. teams, that's coaching. So, I'll give that to Sark and staff. I will. Uh, they they get a B for me. They get a yeah. B for I'll, I'll give them the B as well. And it really comes down to. I mean, you look at. I mean, honestly, dude, you you can you can look at this season kind of in two scenarios. Number one, you just talked about the the win over Alabama, the creativity. I mean, everything that we saw right there, the the diverse play calling and everything from Sark and everything that 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 looked like the Steve Sarkeesian that we were fired up to have him coaching here at the 40 acres while you went out and you got this dude and you hired this dude that quick after Tom Herman was gone that's what you that's what you wanted to have but then you go to the Oklahoma game and you get down there on the one yard line and and it's like well what in the hell are you doing here man where's where's the creativity and, and honestly in that scenario it didn't need to be a lot of creativity just think outside the box so just don't run the ball <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's like you ain't got to be creative. I don't need you to draw me a, a masterpiece. Just, just do something different. And you know, I, I think that's the two scenarios why I'll give them a B as well. And 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 there with with the defense, it 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 really has been to where yes, those guys need to come out of the ball game, especially when it's obvious that they're getting gassed and they're getting gassed at the same time. It's like, man, you gotta you gotta make a change right here, and that's where. Um, I know that we have talked a lot about on the network here where it's like this coaching staff needs to go out and win you some games, which they have done. But at the same time, we can't really put it all on them for losing the, the only game that we've lost or that Texas has lost, the Oklahoma game. But when you really go in and you, you look full circle at this thing, number one, I don't think they were coached up. They weren't prepared for the moment. I don't know how that could happen. I don't give a damn what the score was last year. But you get down into crunch time, you're 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 not calling plays that that I mean be a little creative. Be a little creative. And number one, on the defensive side, you're you're very vanilla. You're very vanilla and 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 you need to make some changes. So it's coming along, but uh, again, this is where it's like two steps forward and you take one step back. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. that's what that's what kind of worries me, man. It, it's like, dude, just just when I think, just when I think, you know, something happens. But hey, they're yeah. on the dude. I, I will take I will take this position anytime over the shit that we've been in in the past. Absolutely. 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 Well, we got five minutes left. Big time sports weekend. Your Astros are going back home to 
face the Rangers to get to the World Series. What are you looking forward to the most and what are you the most nervous about? with these Rangers. uh astros home field advantage i was talking about that earlier man it's like dude, they're, they're, they're so much better on the, they're, they're better on the road dude it's like yeah. they play at home and they get beat but but i mean the hell the rangers the rangers been winning all their playoff games on the road as well dude um i'll tell you what's what's so cool about this to me zay is number one you get the texas teams i mean i i don't care which one you're going for i mean I, i'm an astros dude i don't dislike the rangers i just think it's great for the state of texas that our teams are about to play in a series to where you've got both teams ripping the cover off of the baseball at the plate you've got both pitching staffs that are doing what they uh, i mean they're at full strength and where both teams have struggled this year, both clubs have struggled coming out of the bullpen. And right now, both bull, bullpens look really, really damn good. So I think, you know, we always talk about on Championship Sunday when the NFC and the AFC Championship play. This may be the World Series, dude. This yeah. may be the World Series. Th yeah. This may be better than, than what we get at, at the end of all this shit. Yeah, and you got to think about that for the weather. Like, how much is it going to take out of you going and playing possibly the uh, Diamondbacks or the Phillies? You know, no. like, uh, whoever wins this, they're going to come out, like, battered, looking like Batman when he was done with Bane type shit. Yeah. Like, they're gonna look, you know, no. like, it's going to be, okay, man, like, we got to lock in because that wasn't mm -hmm. the World Series, like you said. No. That's for the AL Championship and – you know, having Michael Brantley hitting the home run in game four is huge. Them coming along. That guy. Jose Abreu, him going crazy. Oh, and you know how damn, that, is. Michael Brantley, Zay, that dude plays like every 12 days. And it's like yeah. he just comes rolling out. And, it, you know, he gets up there and he, he's got his bat. And he's up there and he's doing this shit. Yeah. It's like, that, yeah, like a little. Bouncing that thing off his shoulder. Yeah, and it's like he takes it to the Meadowlands, and I'm like, damn, uh, you know, it's like, man, now that's that's the work schedule I want. Every 12 days, come on out, go up there, maybe catch some in the outfield every now and then, dude. That it's this going to be a fun series, and I do. I mean, I I I love the Arizona story. I mean, Philadelphia is at, at at full tilt right now. I think this is where Cinderella's slipper is going to fall off of the of the Diamondbacks, and um. This AL dude, this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun, man. If you're a baseball fan, this is a this is going to be a good time to enjoy this. Yep, definitely. Can't wait for that Sunday night. Astros and Rangers get it kicked off. Game one, uh, Cowboys and Chargers Monday night. Well, I guess we could talk about that. On well, I'm not going to be able to talk about it with you, so I guess we can't talk about that. Somebody's got to win that. Somebody dude, got. I was talking about that yesterday, man. That's mirror images right there. That's two teams. That that's like the Cowboys in the NFC and the Cowboys in the AFC. It's like, man, all all, all this all this potential, but man, they they find a way to just shit the bed each and every time. It seems like so. Um, I don't know, man. What what do you think? What uh, your thoughts on the Cowboys, man? I just uh, again. I just I can't get a read. Uh, you know, it's like everybody wants to pile on Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, but. Dude, I, I don't know. I just, I don't well, know. Um, yeah, the injuries that they're starting to deal with. I don't know the health of Deron Bland, but he got mm -hmm. banged up in that 49ers game. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, I think he's placed yep. on IR, which is his neck, and that's what sat him out and you thought that thing. he might not ever play again. So the fact yep. that he's dealing with that neck injury, they better take that seriously. And then, you know, Trayvon Diggs coming back to haunt, haunt them. Like, That's the huge. dude got paid yep. $97 million for a reason. He's valuable. 
You know, I feel like the Cowboys and just a lot of Cowboys fans were like, oh, it's okay. We'll be fine. We'll be fine without him. He's not, it's not like he's one of the top corners in the league or anything, whatever. And he's average. (laughs) That's not the case. So you're playing a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert, who's dealing with his own injury. I think he has a fractured finger on his non-throwing hand. So it's going to be interesting to see how he operates with that and stuff. And when you got Micah Parsons, even though he's not healthy, he's limping around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. But when he's chasing you and stuff like that and falling on that hand, that can't be good for anyone. And yep. the fact that the Chargers have Austin Eckler coming back, that's big for them. So yeah, it's clear. Really a huge game, Kellen Moore game. I said it earlier on this show, but the Cowboys, it's all about Dak Prescott, man. If that dude could stop turning the ball over, they'll always have a chance. But when he turns the ball over, they lose. That's just is what it is. I this is what it is with a lot of quarterbacks, but it seems like it's always like that with Dak. And then the interceptions that you just saw against the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, ugly, man. Yeah. Like, they were just butterface ugly. Like, what, what do you do with that? You're not giving your team any opportunity. Oh. And my partner, Chip Brown, said he's completely off deck. Like, and I think he's pissed off because he covered Brock Purdy in the Big 12 all these years and to see what he's doing in the Bay for San Fran and see what Dak's doing. Like, I know that hurts, but. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm kind of with him, dude, because it, 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 to me, you know, with Dak, I mean, it, it's the same song and dance. And I hear the I hear the comparisons to Tony Romo a lot, but it was Tony Romo didn't have the parts and parts in place that Dak Prescott does right now. And again, injuries factor into all of that right now. But 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 I mean, with Dak, it, it's like every time every time Dak drops back in a pressure situation, I'm cringing. It's like it, it should be when you're when when your dude drops back, you're like, oh yeah, we got him now. When my dude drops back, I'm like, oh shit, here we go, yeah. here we go, all yeah. over again. Shout out to Jake. <laughs> Jalen Hurts has more turnovers than Dak. Don't shoot the messenger. We ain't Jake. We oh! ain't. Yo, timely turnovers is a thing. Jalen Hurts, when he has turnovers, it seems like it never hurts the Eagles, really. They don't, the team uh, uh, might get the ball and they might kick a field goal. They find ways to win games. They They find find ways ways to win games. You know, the Dallas finds ways to lose games. Yeah, (laughs) man. And I don't know. I think that Eagles team, when Jalen Hurts has a turnover, they still have a lot of confidence in them to where when Dak throws a turnover, it's like, here we go again. You look at the sideline, it's they're deflated. Yeah. I mean, they're all lost. They're all lost. It's like, oh my God, here now, we go. I don't like CD Lamb's attitude right now. I don't like yeah. it with the media. That's very worrisome if I'm a Cowboys fan. Like, okay, bro, like when they ask you questions, even if you're lying. You yeah. got to pretend that you're back in your quarterback. That's yeah. one thing I love about B. John Robinson. You know, that dude, he's figured it out already in the NFL. Desmond yep. Ritter played like shit for two straight weeks. Went out yep. in London, shit the bed against the Jaguars. What did B. Yep. John Robinson say? A rookie. Yo, I'm riding with Desmond. I'm riding yep. with him. We all yep. have bad games. We're yep. all human. He's going to bounce back. I know yep. the work he puts in, he's going to bounce back. C.D. Lamb over here like – Hey, yeah. what's wrong with the offense, CD? Do you think it's a problem? Yeah. I don't know. Shrugging yeah. and shoulders and stuff. Have your quarterbacks back. Say that, hey, right. we're all right. making mistakes. We all yeah, got be, be like T.O. Be over there crying. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when they ask, when they ask CD Lamb, well, what's the identity of the offense? Man, I don't know. Yeah. Make something up, man. 
Shouldn't y'all have an I should y'all have like some type of you know canned response? Yeah, like come on, man. Shouldn't y'all have something going on? And CD Land, like, you tell me, you know, I don't I don't like that, man. I don't like that one bit. That's that's same old shit. That doesn't help anybody. And he's a sooner, so you gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. Like people forget he's a good wide receiver, but he's a sooner, so that Madubla album quick enough. It ain't all there. There's certain things that don't make sense. (laughs) There's certain things that you and I get that CD Lamb has no idea. I get it. He's from Texas. I get it. But he went and took classes and enrolled in Oklahoma. Certain stuff just got lost. He can't help it. He's still a good wide receiver. Some things that he just going to be slow with. You know what I'm saying? That's just (laughs) This is what it is. That's how That's it right. is. With those just, two. just can't get it, man. You got to think yeah. on the fly, oh, Danny, man. You see Danny Stutz, man. That dude, hell of a player. Hell of a player. He got the upside down longhorn on yep. his fly. But when he looks at it, it's hook him. That's right. Horns hey. up. Not too bright, that Danny nope. Stutz. He can't help hey. it. Nope. That's, help that, it. that's part of that. But like CD, when you go from Norman to DFW, man, you got to get a little sharper, dude. You got to, you got to, you got to think on the fly. Make shit up. Hell, even, I mean, it's got to be something. And, and 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 those folks can't use notes. Use notes. Put that shit on his arm, man. Like cheating in school, man. Write those notes on his arm. <laughs> so I don't have the ability to see if the guys are there. I don't. Oh, know I don't either. Yeah, guys, just pop up. Whoever, there oh, we go. Oh, there we go. There he is. There is guys man, <laughs> okay. backstage area. There, we've been here for five plus minutes now, so our apologies. Oh yeah, my bad. I should have just threw it to y'all, but I had no idea. I thought y'all would just jump on like this. Now we just keep going. Now, now we know for the next time. Yeah. I got to hear I got to hear Rodney going revisionist history on on Tony Romo when we're <laughs> when when is Cowboys fans like at what point when did Cowboys fans decide that Tones Romes is like this all time great quarterback that deserves to be hoisted up on a pedestal and we can't touch his locker at AT and T Stadium, dude? Tony Romo sucked. Tony Romo choked in the in, <laughs> choked in the biggest possible games. And Rodney, you can't sit there with a straight face and tell me that. Uh, Dak has better weapons. Tony Romo had a Hall of Fame wide receiver in T.O. Owens. He had a Hall of Fame tight end in Jason Witten. Had the best offensive line in the league for multiple years. Marion Barber was an all-pro. So, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not picking I on know. you, Rodney. I, it's just the, oh, I get it, man. the general, this this idea that when Tony Romo retired, it's like, oh, well, he's, he's an all-time great quarterback. Dude, I wouldn't even put Tony Romo in my top five Cowboys quarterbacks. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I, I saw some stuff, Jeff, I saw some stuff this week that he was forced to retire to where it's like uh, the Cowboys organization, they're like, man, you, you've got to quit. you got to quit. we got to let Dak Prescott take this thing oh. over. you got to go, brother. you got to go. No, I think that was much more about the uh, the back injury that was than it was him being forced to retire. They didn't necessarily want to play Dak right off the bat. I mean, they lucked out in doing so. I'm curious to know though, Jeff, four guys in front of or five guys in front of Tony Romo at least. Aikman. Aikman stalled back Danny White for sure. I put Don yep. Meredith. I'd put Don yep. Meredith in front of Tony yep. Romo. Don, he, okay, Don, he, he he might Danny be White fifth. Though? Yeah. D- Danny White at least went to NFC championship games. Danny White was great. Dan- Danny White was really, really damn good. Danny I mean, White's biggest biggest crime was he wasn't Roger Staubach. Yeah, he just couldn't get over the hump. I mean, the ru- the run that he had, I mean, pretty damn good for being a punter also. How about that? People want to yeah. laugh at punters. 
Well, that's yeah, the uh, here talking about Ro- uh, Romo like he Quincy Carter or something, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, I, I'll. Uh, if Tony Romo has his rightful place in Cowboys history, look, I, I suffered through Chad Hutchinson and Drew Henson and mm. the end of the tail end of my man Drew Bledsoe's <laughs> career and a year of Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Wow. Clint, Stur- Clint Sterner starting games, guys. Clint Sterner yeah. started games for the Cowboys. Anthony Wright. Yeah. John yeah. Kitna. John Kitna, Ryan John Leaf, as somebody Kittner. mentions in the uh, in the yeah, chat. Ryan Leaf, yeah, I forgot about that dude. Yeah, we we've, we've kind of rolled all kinds of dudes into <laughs> into that organization in the past. <laughs> well, y'all have a good show. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be cool. Take it easy, guys. All right, boys. Y'all take good care. Show, good show today. Have you a bet. great weekend. Thanks,